Hello, the Wrong Fit audience. Marco here. Just hopping in real quick before the episode starts to note just a few things. One, this is one of two bonus episodes from last year, 2021, that I meant to release last year but didn't uh, make the time to actually get them done before the year ended. So I'm sorry about that. We'll definitely address a little bit of that in the next new episode, which will be coming soon. Don't worry about that. So like I mentioned, this is one episode of two that are bonuses from 2021 that will be coming. uh, The next one will be coming soon. And we also will have a brand new episode also coming soon. The second thing to note is that the intro to this particular episode you're about to listen to, for some reason, I couldn't find the file. It was probably something that was lost in among my files. I probably recorded over it. So this episode originally had an intro where we were talking about just random stuff before we launched into one of the uh, segments of the episode, but unfortunately that has been lost. So this episode will start somewhat abruptly after the intro, but um, yeah, go ahead and thank you for listening and be on the lookout for brand new The Wrong Fit coming very soon. Thank you very much. Before before we knew that this that the next Taylor's version was gonna be red, mm-hmm. uh, her twenty twelve record, I, I was thinking. Look, you know, in my head, I was thinking, you know, we don't need to talk about every single Taylor Swift record. Mm-hmm. You know, there's gonna be some from like her self titled, which is just like a country pop album that I don't really know that many of the songs on there. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, you know, maybe it's not as like culturally important, I guess. Right, maybe speak now. I'm kind of like, mm, you know, I'm not really familiar with that record that much. You know, we don't need to talk about that. But when I found out that it was going to be Red, her 2012 <laughs> record, I was like, no, we got to talk about it. And, and but again, there was still like a nagging thought in my head. I was like, you know, but do we need to devote like a whole segment to Red? Maybe we could do a drive-by Red, you know, a little drive-by, drive-by. A, little, a little drive-through Red, you know? Yeah. You know, you order order at the screen, pay in window two, drive-by Red. Um, yeah, that's very much, uh, that's that's a very interesting like album review. Right, right. <laughs> model. But, 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 but. When I heard some of the songs from Red, I was like, from Red Taylor's version, I yeah. was like, we got to talk about this in like a full full segment. Okay. And I'm not going to give myself away just okay. yet, right? I know yeah. that we like to do a little bit of prelude here. Yeah. We talk about Taylor like to Swift. draw you in a little bit. We lo- <laughs> right, try to, try to you know, reel you in. We we love to talk about Taylor Swift here yes, on the do. show. Uh, and about our, I think, our respective histories with her as yeah. an artist, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, Red was, okay, so Red is her 2012 album. And if you are kind of coming into this cold, uh, Red... The big singles from Red were uh, I Knew You Were Trouble, which that was most huge... people will probably remember. Yeah. Uh, we Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, another like massive hit. 22 was pretty 22 big. was really, really big. And I think the last single was Everything Has Changed Yeah, uh, with Ed Sheeran, which was another like ballad, like a pop ballad that was pretty popular. Yeah. And, and that's like really, I think those four, right? Those four were yeah. like all I was really like familiar with, I think, as like a... 13 year old kid you know right right um listening to like you know you can't like not uh especially like we're never getting back together like that's like was insanely huge like that was like 
everywhere. You couldn't watch yeah. a movie. You couldn't like watch a commercial. Like it was everywhere. Right, you couldn't right. get away from it. You can turn on the radio, obviously. Like everywhere. The red era for me was when I was like, okay, I like Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. Like I'm beginning to like like what like what she has to say. I like her vibe. I like her style. We were never ever getting back together. That yeah. was like the first one for me where I was like, okay, this is cool. Like this is fun. It's silly it's charismatic the music video is really really like funny quirky millennial of that time it was 2012 (laughs) it was like 2011 2012 so that's basically what that whole thing was like i knew you were trouble like went crazy hard we'll talk about i knew you were trouble again later those Uh, so i think those two were well okay is that a good place to jump in do you want to jump in just well uh, well okay so i'm just talking about like the red era for me now yeah okay now, just really quick before I, and then I'll let you, if you have anything else to say mm-hmm. in the prelude, but just for me, I know I said in a other episode that the albums that I knew pretty well from Taylor before, uh, uh, you know, until 1989 were 1989 and Red. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have to like just correct myself a little bit and say that Red, I'm more familiar with like half the record, you know, the singles mm-hmm. and a few of the deep cuts here and there. I probably shouldn't yeah. have. I rounded up and I said I was familiar with the whole album and I'm not <laughs> really that familiar with it. Uh, I am telling the truth, though, when I say that 1989 is an album that I know very well front to back. Like that is true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, so that'll be, you know, that'll be good for when that version comes out later. Yeah. Uh, Red, you know, again, I did say that I knew it pretty well. The, you know, again, I know about half of it pretty well. Yeah. The singles and a few of the deep cuts. Some of, You're going to hear me talk about some of these songs on the main version that I actually hadn't really known that much about before I heard them uh, again here on uh, the, the, this Taylor's version. So I just wanted to get that correction out there. Um, but Red, but still Red, the Red era is like the first time I really thought about Taylor Swift that seriously as a musical artist. And the first time that I really liked a lot of her uh, her singles again. We are never ever getting back together. And I knew you were trouble being uh, the big the yeah. big standouts. <laughs> you know that's like, and I I, I want to give a little bit of my prelude as well. But mm-hmm. like I you know instantly knew that those two were the ones that Mark was gonna like, just like yeah, stylistically well, like. Oh well, yeah, you know, but like, you know, but they were the singles. Everybody knew them. I know, you know, but like those were like very. I mean, like it just like I, I definitely like those were very. Th- those mm-hmm. felt a little bit more. And again, I'm not the most. I'm not a Taylor historian. Right. But, but those <clears throat> felt like more kind of towards the more poppy 1989 that I know you liked. Um, yeah, that's like, fair enough. Yeah. So I, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, I know you. Uh, so I think that my journey was pretty different. Uh, not like super different, but like, I guess you were 14. I was 13 um, when this album came out. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I was just starting. I had just started high school when like the ro- like the rollout for this album really really began in earnest or i, I think when it was like really at its cultural mass mm-hmm. uh peak so like we were never ever getting back together i, I associate with my freshman year first semester of high school that's what yeah. i think about when i think about these songs yeah yeah and and i like so i was not as familiar i was a very uh when we talked about this uh before is like i was a very like a toxic hmm. masculinity uh, preteen, teenage boy, I guess teenage, 13, yeah, t- teenage boy. Yeah. Um, uh, toxic youth, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> Taylor Swift, like, that's for women. Like, I'm a man. I listen to Black Sabbath <laughs> or oh, whatever. Wow. I mean, I listened to, like, yeah, I listened to, like, really, like, I think that was, like, I was listening to, like, pretty, like, like grunge maybe, too, like, oh. Nirvana, like, at that time. Yeah. I was very, like... Black Keys, maybe? Uh, definitely Black Keys, like, you know, that kind of, like, very, like... Like without any like Foo Fighters, like very like uh like like 
man music like very like in, and yeah. not in a good way like not, oh, okay. not a bad way but not in a right. good way like just yeah. like very like stereotypical man music so i was like very like oh man this is popular like whatever but like right i mean i'll, I'll admit like i jammed to like not like like when they came on i was like oh i like this like for like the same songs probably like i knew you were trouble we're never going back and uh, we're never ever getting back together i think that those are were just so um like catchy it's like hard to like avoid mm-hmm. but like i just didn't have the familiarity with the album for a lot of these other like i i don't think i had ever heard all too well which was like the like you know i think that's the one everyone was excited for, for the drama re-release yeah. and i i yeah. don't know I, I just didn't hadn't wasn't familiar with that as much like i had heard all too well like maybe a handful of times yeah in the years before this year uh, and I had no idea that there was this like cult following for all too well. We'll get to that. We will get to yeah. that. We're still in the prelude, but I had no idea there was this cult following for it. Yeah, I had no like these were just like things I wasn't familiar with. Like so, you know, I'd heard Twenty Two before. I'd heard um, you know like like the, the singles that we had mentioned. Had you heard the uh, the title track? That's another track that kind of got some support. Yeah, uh, from her team, but like it wasn't like a massive smash, but it was still like a pretty well known track. Yeah, I had heard I had heard that one before too, and I like yeah, but I, you know again uh, we're still in the prelude, right? But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I didn't like you know of those the, the, the title tracks. I didn't really like love either of them. Like it took me a couple songs to get into. Probably took me into. Until I knew you were trouble um, to get into this album and that album, um, hmm. yeah. But okay. I'll clarify that I listened. I I, I listened to for reference to several of the single. I didn't listen to front to back of the uh, original version. Yeah, me neither. But I listened to a few singles. To okay, like good. Get like some perspective on it. Just okay. to, like remember it. That'll be really good for our conversation. Yeah, that's what I did as well. And and okay and. If we want to, do you want to, do you want to dive in? Do you want to, do you want to? Okay. Okay. Pre- can I, can I just okay. add one thing one to the prelude? prelude? Just one, one more, more thing to the prelude. Right. So mm-hmm. the way, so you said, you said that you listened to some of the singles and like yeah. the songs that you knew kind of well, you, you probably listened to the originals as well. Yeah. I did the same thing, but I did it in a way. I tried to test myself with these songs. So when, when this album came out, the re-recording, uh, I just plucked the songs that I knew pretty well. I put them on a playlist and then mm-hmm. I plucked the originals, put them on the same playlist, and I just shuffled the playlist. And when songs oh, came I mean, on, oh, really I was good. like using my brain to see if I could tell which ones were the originals. Now, everything has changed. It's not like I, I know the song. It's been in my library for years. It's not a song I listen to a lot. Yeah. So that was probably the hardest one for me to d- determine which. And it's also a ballad, too. So yeah. like the production is. Okay, I'm gonna say the production is probably somewhat easier to imitate mm. than maybe some of the more uh, <laughs> uh, uh, poppier production. So, like, that's just some context. So, like, I listen to it in that kind of like game style, and I'll get into my conclusions on that mm-hmm. later because that, that, that that's more directly related to how I feel about the record. So, all right, I think that's really interesting, though. I think that's yeah. like really, yeah. Um, and I'm definitely gonna probably do. I don't know if I'm going to do that with 1989. Yeah. Because I already know the record like front to back and, and I feel like I'll be able to tell the differences immediately anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I, I need to maybe be, I guess for 89, I'll probably be a little more fair to the re-recording. Although um, as soon as we get into my thoughts on Red, like that may inform the way I feel about 89 and, and, um, and we will get to that. We will get to that. I don't know if you, I, 
I wouldn't, whatever you're thinking, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't like extrapolate quite yet. You got to hear what I had to say first. Um, Give the man his his day. But, but, (laughs) you know, the listeners right now are like, damn, these guys really prelude Taylor Swift a lot before they get into the main. Are are we going to dive on in? We're going to dive? Let's dive on in. Okay, let's dive dive head first. And I like to ask you for your opinion first because I always feel like I have a lot, like too much to say. I don't know. I don't know if that's like a good or bad thing. But I always like to ask. I always like to take your temperature okay. first. Let's and and I'll just give the general and I'm like I think we can get into more specifics in a sec. But yep. in general, I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I I wasn't. I didn't have the frame of reference, and, and it's weird because things. It seems like a lot of people's love of this album comes from a place of nostalgia. A yeah. Bit. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, just thinking about uh, and you know, we'll get into this segment later. Uh, but like, I, I was weirdly like with our next segment coming up, I, like we have a top five and I was like weirdly nostalgic about like some of the movies that like we were, we we're going to talk about later. But mm-hmm. I thought that there was, uh, there was a lot of nostalgia here, um, that I wasn't a part of. And, but I, I do even like, I had this like secondhand nostalgia of like hearing these songs and like malls and like movies yeah, yeah. and like, but th- it wasn't really a big cultural moment for me. So I, I kind of went in this nostalgia list compared to a lot of people, um, but I ended up really liking it. Like I, I, I just said, I haven't. I don't think I've ever heard all too well. I definitely haven't heard it like uh, start to finish. Um, definitely haven't heard the ten minute version. I mean, no, 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 no one had. Yeah. Um, at that point, but um, like I, I really liked it a lot. Like uh, I, I really liked all of these, most of these, uh, top to bottom. Like, I think that tw- it's a long album. It's it's, it's even longer. So okay, we remarked that Fearless was really long. Yeah. Right. And then when we reviewed Donda, we were like, I, I, that was the thing I said, like, it's longer than Fearless. That's ridiculous, yeah. And then this album is longer than Donda. I know. It's probably not longer than the new deluxe version of Donda, which we may talk about in a future episode. But anyway. Runtime run is uh, 90 minutes. Uh, or, wait, no, it's, it's 130 no, it's, it, minutes. It, yeah. yeah, 130. That, that, yeah. yeah, 90 minutes would have been, like, that's long, but, like, not too long. 130 right. minutes, over two hours. Um, yeah, you know. two hours and ten, and that extra ten is just from all too well ten minute version. Yeah, like for for Donda or for um, I think for like folklore and Evermore, I listen to them consecutively. Like I just listen to it, like you know, it's like flipped on an album, like, and I just like listen to it. Right. Uh, but this one, it took like several like walks around the neighborhood, like yeah. dri- drives in my car, like Maybe it, building it, a Lego set or something. Building, like that. Yeah, something something just uh, like to to break it up. Um, because it was just too long for me to like listen to in one sitting. Like there was just not, uh, I, I don't have like a ton of, uh, 130, uh, minute intervals <laughs> Lock of time. Yeah. in my day. Yeah, right. really. Oh, you don't, oh, you don't track your time in 130 minute intervals. Increments, that's what I, that's yeah. what I do. That's yeah. what, that's what all the cool kids are doing. I, guess. Well, I think that's all the, that's what all the Taylor Swift stands do. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just to get ready for this record. Yeah. Just to mentally prepare. But yeah, I, I thought that, um, there was a lot of songs, definitely more like not the right at the beginning, but like. After I knew you were trouble and like, like the ten minutes, like our ten songs, and after that, mm-hmm. um, to everything has changed. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers now, and that's actually exactly everything has changed. With ten minutes or ten songs after I knew you were trouble. So like that mm-hmm. chunk was definitely my favorite chunk. Okay. Um, uh, message in a bottle I thought was really cool. Nothing new. Uh, t- like that one. Like that one kind of like hit me because. Well, I knew it was coming because I'm a big Phoebe Bridgers fan, and like mm-hmm, I, that was like mm-hmm. I'd gotten a lot of like press that they were doing that together. Um, but like that one hit me at the end of the album because uh, I listened to it in order, obviously. Um, and I was like, man, like I thought it was kind of like winding down, but like I really, I really liked uh, nothing new because 
I'm a big Phoebe Bridgers fan, and mm, I also mm. have um, emotions or whatever. <laughs> right, right, emotions uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but like, just a lot of the lines in that song like really stood out to me. Of like, um, you know, just like, I don't know, like the, the the line that really stood out to me as a as a 22 year old man is the uh, how could I know everything at or feel like I know everything at 18, but know nothing at 22 or something like that. Yeah, um, well, that's good because that calls back to like. Like the premier pop song of the record, which is also twenty two. Twenty two, yeah, and yeah. and uh, yeah, that one, yeah, that I I like that one. That one's a little bit more fun times. <laughs> yeah, fun um, times, right? But yeah, I mean, like uh, twenty two. The first time I heard that was actually this year on my tw- well, not the first time I heard that, but the first, like the most recent time I've heard it. Um, the not Taylor's version, obviously, was on my twenty two twenty second. I was gonna say twenty tooth birthday. Uh, yeah. My twenty second birthday this year, um, and I was like. Man, this is kind of like this is kind of popping. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. If, if this is like what my life is like as at twenty two, then like I'm kind of okay with it. Um, but I I definitely would not uh, like my life to be like nothing new. And you know, so far it's kind of in the middle. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, that's most that's most yeah, people's lives. Yeah, pretty mid, pretty mid, mid. Would be better ratio uh, plus ratio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like just to say a couple that like stood out to me. Um, I guess like you know, looking at these like the i guess the singles were kind of like what stood out to me mm-hmm. um i knew you were trouble uh we were never getting back together those two i could those two and 22 i could tell the difference between the taylor's version and the original version okay um i couldn't tell a lot of, and i think that this goes back to the fact i wasn't listening to this these songs as much like fearless i could actually I think fearless. Maybe I was like younger, and I was more like uh, less of a toxic uh, person. (laughs) So I was like, I like remembered more like songs from Fearless, like, and and I could compare the two better. But with this one, I feel like only those three songs were the ones that I could um, really could tell you like the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Just because like, and I I, like really noticed the difference when I was first listening to them because I was like. Oh, this is like the same but different. Well, okay, so you, you so the pop singles you said you could notice the difference. Well, yeah. How did how did you think they compared? Um, I think that, um, I think that like I, I wouldn't put one above the other for sure, but okay. I think that like, I think that like, it, it, I think her voice kind of changed a bit, and I think that mm-hmm. they they sound a little bit. Um, uh, even though like it's funny, like she's a thirty-one year old woman singing this song right, twenty-two. Right. Um, but they sound like more, like, I don't know, it's like something about it does sound kind of like retrospective and like more like, uh, like nostalgic. I don't know if mm-hmm. that had to do with like production value or her voice or whatever, but it felt kind of like a nostalgia to, and like, it's funny cause I, like, I don't hate Taylor Swift at all. Like I actually really like Taylor Swift at all, right. uh, all in all, but, right. um, I think she does have this kind of like, uh, like, I don't know, like early 2010s like vibe about her that just, you mm-hmm. can't like really shake like just like, very millennial of the time yeah it's her profile picture on um on i think spotify is like her or maybe it's on twitter i think is she's wearing this like bear coat uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're familiar with this yeah picture. yeah is, she got, is that the one with the red beret or something or the red hat no, no, like it's, it's like okay. a, a bear, like it's like a, a, and I'll pull it up. Um, I think if you Google Taylor Swift's bear, it'll probably be the first thing that comes up. Did, did you say it was on Spotify? I think so. I don't know. Uh, it's some pro. I, I think it might be Twitter, but like, yeah, it's probably Twitter actually. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, she did like a lot of like new like uh, photos, like, like promo. This for, is a, for this. Yeah. I think this is an old. 
this is an old photo, but if you look up Taylor Swift like bear coat, like I'm sure you'll find it. Um, and my internet's out. Wait, is it a costume? Yeah, yeah. It's basically what, a what, costume. what? What is this? I know it's it's her profile picture for something, or maybe what, it's an old one. Where's Where's this from? Uh, so th- I watched this like th- there's a show called Workaholics on Comedy Central, and like the the people on that show like swear that like she stole their because like that's like a thing in the show is like this mm-hmm. bear get up and okay. like they swear that like she stole their like swag I guess but like oh. regardless that looks like a very to me like that feels like a very like early two thousands thing to wear like two thousands or two thousand tens both okay okay or, 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 or early early twenty tens late two thousands yeah. okay yeah, yeah to yeah, clarify yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, yeah. she's got the like millennial girl vibe about yeah, her and that's, that's a like, very fine. millennial thing. And like silly, quirky, goofy. Red was definitely, <laughs> at least the singles for Red, that was definitely when she was like peak that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like a cool vibe, but like, it, it's like weird. Uh, the point of all this is just to say like, this is kind of like, it feels very like nostalgic to that time, you know, mm-hmm. to that er- mm-hmm. early twen- 2010 time, which, you know, that was a fantastic time for me. I was. I, I have fond memories of that time yeah, too. Like, yeah. You know, being a young person. Um it, it, it felt very like nostalgic and uh, much more like retrospective um, in the way that like they were recorded. And like, I don't know what, I can't like put my finger on why, but like, that's just kind of like the, the vibe I got from it. Um, what about you? Like what, what was, what, let's, let's hear the, the Marco go off. No, there's no go off. Um, just, although I mean, there might be some go off. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, I'm we'll thinking see. about it. Go on, go off, you know, so, go. <laughs> so, okay. Like, please forgive me a little bit, just slightly more prelude. Um, and then I will get into my thoughts on the record. <laughs> thinking about these re-recordings, it's hard to distinguish, particularly with, I think this one and maybe slightly less with fearless, but like, mm-hmm. it's hard to distinguish when we're having this discussion of, are we reviewing the album or are we reviewing the re-recording? Yeah, right? yeah. Now, Fearless is not a record that I was particularly familiar with, aside from the lead singles. And Red is one that I'm slightly more familiar with. And the lead singles have more of a special place in my heart than maybe the Fearless singles do. Um, so Red, I'm going to kind of half review it as a re-recording. And actually, I'm going to maybe like 30% review it as a re-recording and 70% review it as no. Red. As Red. Yeah. Uh, 1989. That's gonna be one where I'm gonna be mostly reviewing it as a re-recording, uh, and we can get to like I'm the substance of '89 when we review '89. Um, so, but Red is kind of like I'm like 30 70 on that, uh-huh. but '89 is gonna be like more 50 50, or maybe mostly re. Actually, not 50 50. It's gonna be mostly like 70 30 in the other way. Okay. Well, um, and the reason why I say all that is because. On the songs that I know pretty well from Red, like the lead singles and a handful of the deep the deep cuts, um, I don't think these compare that well. Ooh, yeah, okay. and I know that's an unpopular opinion. Uh, although it's not a minor, it's not a extreme minority opinion. Interesting. It's a vocal minority, and it's a large minority opinion. Yeah. Particularly on the Reddit. So I I frequent uh, a subreddit. Uh, the pop- Reddit. Yeah, the Reddit. Yeah, I frequent uh, our popheads a lot, and they're just like it's like Stan Twitter, but on Reddit basically. But it's a lot less toxic than Stan Twitter. So <laughs> it, it, you know, it has you know Reddit and the rules still Reddit apply. Uh, yeah, yeah, like Twitter rule. There are no rules on Twitter. Like yeah. there are rules on Reddit. So. Uh, so it's a bit more tamed and toned down, mm. but it's basically Stan Twitter on Reddit. And on the thread for this record, which I'll link to, 
there are a not insignificant amount of people with plenty of upvotes and not being downvoted that all say and, and I the only reason why I say that is because sometimes I feel like I'm like persecuted for some of my opinions. Okay. Like I say some of this stuff. Canceled. And, <laughs> canceled. I get death threat. That's not true. Uh, I get like Yeah, we're not we're not important enough to get death threats. But I yeah, yeah. But I do get people like admonishing me for it, like really harshly. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, it's for one thing, it's not that deep. Yeah. Another thing I respect and I love Taylor Swift and, and her deep. artistry. But, but on the third Deep. on the third hand it is that deep so <laughs> so I, I do have to say and and i, I guess this is probably in, in disagreement although yeah. we have some things that we agree on on the differences so you say about her vocals and the i think the nostalgia inherent and maybe some of these re-recordings i i actually that's a really great way to put it and i think it's a pretty positive way to put it because i would probably put it in a more negative way um but <laughs> like I, she's like clinging to the past you think or? no 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 not at all it, it it's more like you say that it's like maybe a bit more of a mature eye looking at, okay, this is like my, you know, uh, this was when I was like kooky, fun, quirky millennial when I was 23 <laughs> or 22. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. Right? She has a right to do that. And I do that all the time. Yeah. You know, we all, we have, there's a, that's in the bill of rights is the first bill of right is the right to be quirky. <laughs> right. The right to be quirky, the right to look back on being quirky. You yeah. know, when I'm, when I'm her age, I, I'm going to have the same feelings about, yeah. about this, you know? So, that's fine. I have no problem with that. It's just that if we're looking pound for pound, like compare the production, compare yeah. the vocal dynamics, compare the the mixing, compare the imitation. I don't think these new versions compare that well to mm. again to the singles. Uh, because I don't know the rest of the album that well, I could look, I could listen to these re-recordings as like, okay, this is just read the album for me. Mm -hmm. But when I listen to we are never ever getting back together. Taylor's version, or I knew you were trouble, or twenty two, uh, or read the title track, which is yeah. one that I know pretty well as well. I can't listen to it as okay. This is just red. This is like this is a re-recording of these songs, and I can't like shake that. Yeah. Now yeah. I didn't have this problem on Fearless, even with the songs that I knew more, like Love Story or You Belong with Me. I thought yeah. those compared very well to the original. These. I don't know what it is, and I have a I have a theory, and I don't know how you know I don't know how controversial uh, this is. Let's hear the theory. I do have a theory. Two little words: Max Martin. Max Martin oh. was the producer of mm. "I Knew You Were Trouble" and "We Were Never Ever Getting Back Together" and "22," mm -hmm. and pretty much all of 1989 and a lot of her songs. Uh, if you don't know Max Martin, he he is like one of the most like successful pop producers of all time. He has twenty five. He has produced or co written twenty five number one hits Dang. on the Hot One Hundred, including <laughs> including songs like you know Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, uh, almost all of Katy Perry's number one hits. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Shake It Off, Blank Space, Style, um, Blinding yeah, Lights, so, Save yeah. Your Tears, The Weekend, Can't Feel <laughs> My Face. Like all of these are Max Martin songs. So Classic. like. All, what do all of those songs have in common? Like crisp, tight, gorgeous production. Yeah. Anything that this is that this is missing. Max Martin was not involved on yeah. these re-recordings. And I don't know. I don't want to say like, oh, it, it, it all has to do with Max Martin not being there. But that is like the main element missing. Taylor Swift is there. Uh, the other yeah, co-producer is there. Taylor Swift is there. The other co-producer in the version. <laughs> her co-producer, uh, a guy named Shellback. I'm not sure what his real name is, but mm. that's his like artist name. Mm. He was involved in Red in 2012, and in this one too. 
It's just that that one missing piece. We're missing Max Martin, and Max Martin is like critically renowned, very well known, lots of hits to his name. Uh, so the production on these new ones, I don't know. Like they don't feel as crisp, they don't feel as tight, they don't hit as hard. The on I knew you were trouble. The guitar notes at the very beginning that that, that kind of start and then are we throughout the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. To me, they sound like MIDI notes, like that you put on like Logic or uh, uh, like Ableton or whatever your your music your DAW is. Like yeah. I can't like I can't get over it. Like on the on the original, they sound like they're produced right, but they sound yeah. a little bit more natural. The like the dubstep influence on I know you were trouble felt a lot yeah, cleaner yeah, yeah. and tighter on the original. That again, that's me, right? Like I know that I'm I'm not in the majority on that, but I'm also not in the extreme minority. Yeah. There are people that feel the same way, and they are on the you know. I'll link to that thread if you don't believe me. The the bass on I know you were trouble is pretty muddy. It doesn't really sound that loud. It doesn't hit as hard. Mm-hmm. We're never ever getting back together has, I think, maybe the most offensive and maybe the more unifying <laughs> criticism. Hold on, hold on. Maybe, maybe this one is a bit more unifying, on, where even like some of the Taylor stands were like, okay, like I don't know why she did this on this new one. But I don't know if you noticed it, but on um on the chorus, right? That's a great chorus. That's one of her all-time great choruses. Yeah. But on the second part on the hook where where she's like, Wee! Yeah, 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. that is way too high pitched. Like, yeah. like people were saying, uh-uh. like, what, was she like on helium? Yeah, was like, she like, <laughs> because on the original, it's not really like that. On the original, it's you know, it's a bit higher, right? It's kinda yeah. it's kind of fun and millennial and quirky, but like yeah. on this, it's like helium and like the dynamics are <laughs> off. Like everything about it is just kind of off. And it's funny because I actually think that. Ever Ever Getting Back Together is probably maybe one of the better pop recreations. Um, the uh-huh. pre-hook is pretty good. Like the pre-chorus, I actually think it compared pretty favorably. But it was just that choral, we like that it just kind of didn't hit. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of these suffer from not having Max Martin on production again. Mm. And, and 22... 22 comes after All Too Well, which fans already acknowledge. It's like there's like a crazy whiplash there because All Too Well is like one yeah. of her more like emotional songs. Oof, and, yeah. and 22 is like, fun. you know, yeah. it's like fun and backyard party and everything. But yeah. 22, when that when I heard uh, the, dr- the the guitars on that, like it just put me in a sour mood because I immediately could tell that like it mm. was just not as... Marco's know, always going to talk about the drums. The drum? No, What's sorry, that? not the drums. I, I said drums. I don't mean the drums. The 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 guitars. Oh, oh yeah. I'll talk the, about the drums media, later. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, yeah the, we'll, the, we'll get to the the drums. We'll, we'll talk drums later. Uh, but yeah, I I, um, I think it's interesting. You know, I'm I'm wondering, uh, and not for your opinion, but I think for because like for other people's I, like you're going on these like pop um, boards, mm-hmm. message boards, red boards, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if like because. So the, the thing with Fearless is I don't think that she was quite at her peak when that released. Um, which, like with the self-titled and Fearless, I think that this Red and 1989, probably more 1989, like that was kind of her like peak of like, she's like the biggest thing. I mean, she's still yeah, amazingly huge. Like, But she doesn't have like big number one singles anymore. I mean, obviously yeah. she still has number one, so don't get me wrong. Like a whole bunch of her songs went number one this year, but like... Yeah. She doesn't have like mainstay songs like Folklore and Evermore didn't have like oh this dominated the charts. Yeah, yeah. Like and they went number one. Some of the songs did, but yeah. like they weren't like Blank Space or Shake It Off. And that, or I think it's probably given like the it was. I mean, it seemed kind of intentional with like the. Oh, no, and yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But but yeah. you're right. Like like but 
in Red in 1989, and to a lesser extent, like Reputation, like she was on top of the world. In tw- like in 2012, she was at her like pop peak. In 2012, going into like, was it 2014? 14. When yeah. yeah, 2014 is when she blew up. That's when she got her first number one single, yeah. "Shake It Off." Blank Space went number one. Uh, she had you know again all of the songs. So she was on top of the world for a stretch of the early yeah. of the early tens to the mid tens. But I'm wondering if that's like what people like kind of you know thinking is like you know this is. Like, there is more older, like, Taylor Swift in this. And I'm wondering if, like, people are just kind of like, I want the, like, pop, like, more poppy Taylor Swift, like, younger Taylor Swift. I don't know if that's, like, any of the desire for, like, people on, like, especially on these pop message boards. Because, like, she has, uh, like, you know, I think that maybe, I I don't know, uh, maybe these are, like, less poppy versions than the original version so so this leads to like maybe a more uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. about her her vocal like tonalities uh, and dynamics i mean she has changed yeah yeah she doesn't have okay so okay i'm just comparing these as comparisons right if yeah. 22 never existed and i heard this version of 22 for the first time like i probably wouldn't have much to say about it yeah but we know that the originals exist and these yeah. are re-recordings the, yeah. so i think it's, it's fair to, the album, yeah. it's fair to compare them i think yeah now the new 22 22 as a song it it you need like a lot of charisma and uh like kind of effortlessness to pull it off because it's a very bubblegum song even in 2012 it was yeah. very bubblegum yeah yeah uh, but it was but i think taylor at that time pulled it off very well mm. it's not well, her she, yeah it's not her fault and i would never blame anybody for aging but it's not her fault <laughs> for aging it's not her fault that her voice has changed i would never yeah. say that but again the song if it's going to be a recreation of the original it does to me it does suffer from it now i know that you kind of looked at it more favorably and you said that it kind of reminded you of a nostalgic look back yeah i would love to have that point of view and maybe i'll think and maybe i'll think about it in that way next time i hear it and maybe i'll look at it a little more favorably but when i heard it all i could think of is wow i wish i was listening to the original wow and boy i wonder where max martin was because and again on the one end the vocals are just not as strong uh well they're not no that's not true her vocals are very strong throughout this entire record mm. the vocals just don't fit as well and then on the other hand the production is just yeah not as good again on these pop songs i haven't we haven't even touched like some of these like any of the deep cuts or yeah. any of the vault tracks or anything and we'll, we'll get to that but i mean yeah. these pop songs are such a big part of like my my childhood and like yeah. you know my adolescence you know i have to talk about these they're songs. important yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that um yeah i mean like i definitely get where you're coming from like, I think it is interesting, like, in, I thought about this when I was listening to it, it's like, wow, like, these are songs she, like, recorded when she was 22, but, like, she's she recorded these when she was our age, which is, like, super yeah. weird to think about. Like, this yeah. album released nine years ago. What have I done with my life? I haven't done anything. Like, yeah. by the time she was our age, she already had... Fearless. This is she the fourth had, studio She already album. had three albums. Yeah, under under her belt. Yeah, I don't have any albums. I have I have like some beats that I made. <laughs> we, we have like 15, on SoundCloud we have a couple years ago. Wrong like, fit episodes though. So we do have fifteen the wrong fit. She has I mean, she doesn't have a single the wrong fit episode. I mean, I, actually, she has like three. We recorded her. <laughs> we're, we're, oh, yeah. but she wasn't. She was she like a silent, she was a silent yeah. partner. She's silent partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I think I. Let's get into like less of the poppy, more of the. Okay, let's move away stuff. from from that because that's probably where the bulk of my negative 
criticism yeah. comes from. I actually do have a lot of like positive things to say about this record. All right, let's go into let's go into like what the all the hubbub is about. Let's go into all, all too, too well. well. Let's just like let's dive in there. Okay. Um, three versions of that song. A lot uh, of versions. There are too many versions of this song. But... I've heard three. I heard well. Okay. I, I've yeah. heard three like recently released versions. The because there's like a new one that just came Sagro out. Autumn. Yeah, version. I didn't hear that one because I was like, I'm not. That's not part of. That's that's the, not the, part of. That's the... like Evermore stuff, and I hate that. Like, I'm not gonna listen to that. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's just like extra like morose, like extra like. This is sad. like new Taylor stuff that I. You guys know I'm on the record. I don't really like. <sighs> I don't really like that stuff. So I was like, I'm not gonna listen to. Right. Sad girl let, autumn from the pond. Taylor's version from the vault. Let's you know? let's listen. Let's talk about the two versions that were were on this album, okay. and maybe the third version that you released, you know, it, nine years ago. And then let's also talk about the short film. Um, yes, which I may or may not have watched like three times. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I just watched it for the first time this morning. This morning. I yeah, watched it. Yeah. I, I watched it twice. Three, three. I watched it twice. Once with friends. Once by myself. Okay. Um, I, so I, I I watched it with mixed r- reviewers. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I which was really funny because I was like very much like I was like hyped to watch it, but I wasn't like super hyped, and I wasn't right. like, like you're not a hater, but you're also I'm, not a stan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm definitely not a hater, and like I definitely like. Well, we'll get into let's let's talk okay, about the, the music, song, the song, the music yeah. first, and then we'll get into the, the <laughs> we politics keep, of saw, it all. Oh, the politics, or yeah. the, the 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 electoral the, drama. the electoral implications of yeah. Brad Taylor's version. Yeah, we're gonna lose the house. You know, <laughs> <laughs> very very true. But I, I, I thought so. So I listened to the uh, song. The uh, so the way or I listened to it was mm-hmm. uh, regular version on the regular Taylor's version first. Then I listened to, then I watched the music video, and then I listened to the 10 minute version, mm-hmm. um, and then I watched the music video again, but it doesn't really matter. But like, I, 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 the first time I watched the song without the music video or without, without the short film, um, it's not a music, it's a short film. Oh, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't love it. Like, I really didn't, because it was the fifth song on the album. I, I, I still wasn't like, I had just listened to, you know, I Knew You Were Trouble, like, looking at the track list. Right. Um, and you're right. That is a huge whiplash from, like... All to all the 22. Yeah. What's up with that? That's pretty bad. Like, there are a lot of songs here that sound like... I guess this is more editorializing, but, like, this... Is, <sighs> some of the songs here sound like All Too Well clones. And I was like, oh, any yeah. one of those could have gone after All Too Well to slowly or lead before, us to... Yeah. yeah, slowly lead like, us to... I knew you were t- actually. I knew you were trouble. Probably could have been after all too well. That it, wouldn't it, have been horrible. It makes sense. Uh, like I mean, just thinking about like the the stages of a breakup that makes a lot more sense. I think. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but like t- to go from I knew you were trouble all too well to twenty two. Like that's just like Bizarre. back and forth. Like yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's, I thought that was a strange choice, and, and I didn't like it didn't resonate with me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching the music video, l- listening to the song and. And short film, um, you know, independently, like, and, and seeing, like, maybe a more, like, literal literal interpretation, visual interpretation of, uh, like, the song and, and hearing the longer version of the lyrics, like, yeah, uh, which I, I, you know, from what I, I, I like, it sounds like, uh, he, like, she kind of went in harder on the 10-minute the version. Like, she kind of went yeah. in, like, harder on... And she definitely, like, edited whatever word document she had from 2012 <laughs> yeah, like she yeah. like edited like added stuff because some of the stuff is <laughs> clearly not from 2012 yeah yeah uh i think there was even it was even like it felt like kind of references to stuff that like i don't know like it, it, there's a like like 
some of these tracks from the vault because and, and all too well 10 minute version technically comes from the vault right yeah yeah some of these tracks from the vault they have kind of like a snark like mm. the the lyrics are written with a snark that to my knowledge was just not in the discourse in 2012 mm. but it was and is in the discourse it's today totally in the discourse today yeah, yeah like, but there's a know. snark to it that it just wasn't around then now to be fair i wasn't on tumblr in 2012 yeah and from what i hear tumblr then is like twitter now uh. so i you know, again, I wasn't really on there. Maybe my <laughs> sister knows more about that stuff because she was been on Tumblr for a very long time. But <sighs> that's the way I feel that like some of the but you don't even have to go into like the mood or theme. Some of the lyrics straight up are like, okay, no, you didn't write this in 2012. Yeah. You wrote this today. Yeah. You know? Okay. So the, I thought the music was really good. It was really like um like ballady. It was really like it felt very like uh, especially with the music video and knowing that she had so much direction over the music video, it, yeah. it did felt feel very uh, like she was like really putting her her heart out there, putting her like heart and soul into this like project, and like you know it, it's like feel felt very like real and like felt very I don't know it felt like uh uh like very raw and like honest and like I mean I don't know about honest but it felt very like her truth or whatever. So I, I really liked it. What, what did you think musicality like? Not not getting too much into the again to the the politics of right, it all, but right, like, right. with musicality and like sure. artistic of the video, like what did you think? Yeah, uh, this is a song that I think is served very well by the music video. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I agree with you. When I first heard All Too Well, at first I was like, I don't, I don't get it. It, it like, felt like any other Taylor Swift. It, it felt like it could have been like one of those uh, vault tracks. That, you know, to me, it did. Yeah. It felt like I was like, okay, you know, what's all the hubbub when clearly the title track is the best track on this record. I still think that, but like, you know, I was like, what's all the hubbub, you know? And I heard it for the first time. So I heard it. I heard the original, I, you know, I to prepare for this discussion, you know, this was like weeks in the making, you know, I, I I listened to the, two weeks ago. Yeah. I I listened to the original all too well from 2012 and I was like, okay, you know, fair enough. I guess I have a problem where I don't, I have a hard time reading and internalizing and comprehending the lyrics the first couple times I listen to a song. And in fact, there are songs that I've been listening to for years where like all of a sudden a lyric will click with me and I'll be like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. All too well, I struggled with that. And I was like, I don't really get where the emotional heartbreak is coming through because it wasn't really, mm, to yeah. me, like it needs to be loud and clear. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like I appreciate like metaphorical songwriting and I love metaphors and similes and everything. I yeah. hate when things yeah. are spoon fed to me. But with music... Like, I, I do struggle with that unless mm. I'm literally reading the lyrics or I hear a song a thousand times. Yeah. So, all to all, like, it was the same thing for me. I was like, I don't really get it. I mean, it's just, it's fine. The mm-hmm. instrumentation is fine. Her vocals are great. Like, the lyrics are okay. It sounded like it's just a regular Taylor Swift. Like, right. Kind of and I was like, you yeah. know, you know, read the title track. It's a better song. You know, <laughs> that's what I think. Uh, so, then when I heard it on this version, still, it still happened again. Yeah. Uh, the, the re-recording, I was like, okay, sure. I still don't really get where the cult comes from. Mm. Now, this is something that <laughs> like, cult. yeah. Now, this is something that the Swifties will know. Uh, and I will tell you. They'll know it all too well. I don't know if you, they'll know it all too well. Um, there's apparently like a theme. And I don't know if she's been doing that since maybe Reputation. Mm. But for a long time, her track fives were mm. particularly emotional, like ballady kind of songs. Oh, interesting. Now, I like I don't remember, I don't know some of the other ones, but. Actually, I don't know any of them other than All Too Well and All You Had to Do Was Stay on 1989. But, mm. like, according, I'll take the Swifties at their word that the other track fives from her earlier albums are also, like, very emotional. And All Too Well obviously has that. But, again, like, for me, when I heard it, I was like, I don't get it. Mm. Um, and then I heard 
another two hours of Taylor Swift. And then <laughs> I made it all the way to the end, which was like a marathon. Yeah, and I deserve an award for that. Yes. Uh, you make it to all to all 10 minute version. And I was like a 10 minute song. Like I have 10 minute songs in my library and they're a lot of fun, but they do feel their length. Right. Mm, mm. I'll have to give Taylor a lot of credit. This song does not feel like 10 minutes long. It does feel like a pretty long pop song, but it, yeah. it feels more like it was six minutes long than 10. And it was very enjoyable. And the the new verses I actually kind of had trouble placing where they were because I just wasn't that familiar with the song, mm. even having heard it a couple of times. I was still like, I, I don't really know where the new verses are other than like some of these like jarring lines that were obviously yeah. not written in 2012. Yeah. Like, you know, a keychain that says F- the patriarchy. I, know, yeah. I was like, okay, that's like a 2017 kind of lyric. That's like a yeah. reputation lyric. Yeah. I was like, that's not a, a, a red lyric. Now, again, I know that people on Tumblr have been saying, and Taylor Swift has been like, she's a pretty big Tumblr user. I don't know if she still is, but back in the day, like she was huge on Tumblr. Uh, I know that people on Tumblr were saying, Things similar to that in 2012, but I was like, that doesn't. Yeah, she didn't have any other lyric like that on Red before. Yeah. So why would she have some? So it's fine, right? This is a notable thing because some of the Vault tracks, like you mentioned, the Phoebe Bridges feature. Like Phoebe Bridges wasn't big in 2012. I don't no. even know she was making music in 2012. Uh, so yeah, she I'm probably sh- was, but she wasn't like an artist in 2012 that people knew. Yeah. So she was like pretty like when nine years ago. I think she was like uh, like close to 22 maybe like yeah uh, well younger yeah right so so this is clearly like an enlisted feature yeah and that's fine yeah but i i do wonder about like the dissonance it's from the vault but it was obviously completed and maybe even written more closely to today i just want to know more about like the stories behind these tracks now it's fine if it's from the vault and maybe all they had was like an instrumentation like some production elements and they just needed lyrics and a Maybe a feature or whatever. That's fine. And, and I think that that song is really cool. And I don't want to go venture too off of the all too well path. But right. I think that song is really cool because I, I think that this song, this album was very big for Phoebe Bridgers coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, I, I think that those lyrics were written, be, like those were, lyrics were written. And, and it's not like truly from the vault because of this reason. But I think it's cool. Like, I think that she like was writing like her feelings when this album came out. So it's almost like, like this is her kind of like. I don't know, like, like she's going, obviously Taylor Swift's going back to nine years to when she was 22, but I think Phoebe Bridges is also going back nine years to, like, when she was, like, listening to this album, and she wasn't big, Well, yeah, I mean, and, and she, like, she talked, Phoebe Bridges talked about this on, like, on Twitter, Twitter or Instagram yeah, or whatever, like, like she was like, crazy this is, for me. like, this is nuts, like, yeah, like, I love Red, I, this and that, Red, whatever, yeah. and, and it's, yeah, I mean, it has me thinking, too, it's like, you know, what if, what if I became like a superstar singer, you know, and then mm. like in 10 years, like The Weeknd wants to do a song with me, you know, like that would be huge. Like, I was like, oh, I like listened the, to the, the Weeknd's like re-recording his album. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Abel's version, you know. <laughs> Abel's but, version. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but but it's like a beautiful thing. So like I and I, I'm not like I know you're a Phoebe Bridges fan. Like I've like yeah. her music has never clicked with me. Uh, but I will say that like her feature on this is very well placed. Yeah. And it's pretty significant in that it's like her first notable Taylor's first notable song where a female feature has yeah, like a proper a verse, verse yeah, and not yeah. just backing vocals. I, I saw that on the discourse for sure. Yeah, that was big on the discourse. <laughs> and we talked about this on the Fearless record. But it, uh, it, it's interesting because they're both, and, and so they're both like very similar, I think, in, in certain aspects. They're very different vibe-wise, but I think they're very similar in certain aspect-wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that like of the first, like you would think that like she would, for her first female or like for a notable female vo- vocalist that she's giving a feature to and a verse to, 
you think that she would have a artist that her voice would contrast more with Taylor's, I would think. Which I thought was interesting that yeah. like, Phoebe doesn't have a, a ton of contrast. When I saw the Phoebe Bridgers feature listed, I, I was kind of bracing myself because I was like, I'm not really a fan of her vocal. Yeah. I, I don't really like her music a lot. And, oh. and that's fine. I, obviously, she's very talented and got, yeah. she's got great artistry. But like, I I tried, I heard uh, her record from last year. I don't remember what it was called. It wasn't. For, it just wasn't for me, right? Uh, oh, but yeah. I, I was very oh, yeah. pleasantly surprised that like her vocals, I thought, fit very, very well. Uh, and then she did a fantastic job, and I really liked the vocals. And it, yeah. it's it's prompting me to maybe give her music a second chance. Yeah, th- yeah. But back to All Too Well, because we've strayed off the path. Yeah, we need to get back on the path, man. Uh, so 10-minute version didn't feel like its length, which was good. Some of the lyrics, clearly not from the year of our Lord 2012. So that's <laughs> a little jarring, a little annoying. But I'll let that slide, because she is a woman, and she has grown. Yes, yeah, but, she's, she's, you know. <laughs> but um, so with the, the FTP, the uh, the patriarchy keychain, FTP, yes, I think that that's um, with that with that like obviously yeah that wasn't as much of a thing like then but I think that it, it like the the point she was trying to make I I think that with a lot of these like lyrics like it may may or may not be true like mm-hmm. the whole scarf thing according to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, she doesn't know where the, the scarf is. So, oh, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. that. I didn't know this. Yeah, she asked in an interview. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. But it, it is hilarious. Anyway, um, some of these things might not be true, but I think that like with that, that really like it wasn't true as in a, a thing that actually happened. But I think it was true in like a thing that like illustrated a lot about like how she felt about the relationship. Well, it's whether a metaphor. that was warranted or not. Well, yeah, it's it was a metaphor. metaphor. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's what I love about her songwriting. Yeah. Like it, it's riddled and rife with metaphors. And that's why I I don't like her songs where she's just telling you like a story. Yeah. Like I've complained about that a lot on like folklore and evermore. And it, I, I really don't like that stuff. I love when she is just painting us a picture. Yeah. And but sometimes she can kind of stray from that and then go back to like event storytelling. I yeah. kind of felt that with all too well. Mm. And it kind of it, it's a dis it creates a dissonance just with me. Again, I'm very sensitive to that kind of thing. I hate like movies that are not subtle. I hate TV shows that aren't subtle and I hate I especially hate music that's not subtle. Mm. I like a little bit of story. I like I don't mind storytelling. I like it laced with allegory and metaphor. Yeah, because right? it's like something you want to... I think that more than any other media, I think music's kind of like something you really want to relate to when you're like absorbing the media, you know? And like yeah. you, can, you can imprint yourself more than it's if it's a very literal story. It's like harder to imprint yourself on. If All Too Well was on folklore, like it, the, the song would have been like, I arrived to your door, I took off my scarf, yeah, I left yeah. it on the post, and I you still have it. It's like, yeah. uh, no, that doesn't work quite as well. It works a lot better <laughs> on, on here before she did all that stuff. But again, yeah. that's just a personal opinion. All too well, music video. Yeah. Uh, I was really, really surprised to see like the main short actress. Film. Oh, the short film. <laughs> it's not a video. It's, it's a, a short film. film. It's yeah, a okay. Film. Uh, is it is this Taylor Swift's directorial debut? I don't know. It's probably not, right? She's probably listed as director in, in like mm. all of her other short films. But like, <laughs> but so I was really surprised to see uh, the main actress in the short yeah. film is like the girl from one of the girls from Stranger Things, which yeah. I was like, that's really cool. That's yeah. great. That's a big break for her, and she's been doing a lot of stuff too. I don't remember her name, of course, because why would Sadie I? Sadie Sink. There you go. Yeah, because I googled her. Uh, so good for her. That was a great role. She did a great job in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. Okay, so like when I saw the video, so like again, I heard all too well OG. I was like, okay, I don't get it. 
I heard re- the Taylor's version, which I think actually compares quite well to the original. And I was like, okay, I still don't get it. And then 10 minute version, I, when I heard it just in my headphones, I was like, okay, I kind of get it a little more. It's still just kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the video mm. and with like, I turned on captions. Thank you, Taylor, accessibility queen. Yeah, uh, I turned on yeah. captions and I, they had a few things that where I was like, okay, that's a little on the nose, but they have like the very <laughs> explicit fight that they have in the middle of it where he's uh, obviously gaslighting her. And yeah, maybe Gyllenhaal yeah. did that. And I'm not going to say anything because I, I don't know anything about the story. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. But it, to me, it, again, it just, if that was Taylor's direct experience, then it's totally valid and she yeah. has a right to recount it. Just from a filmmaking perspective, like to me, it's a little too on the nose. It's not mm. subtle enough for my taste, but I'll let it slide mm. because it, it may be a more accurate retelling of what actually happens to yeah. Taylor in her relationship with uh, Mr. Gyllenhaal. That was a little on the nose. But other than that, like it, I was pretty like, OK, I get it now. Like the lyrics, I get it. The feelings, I get it. The, the images it conjures up, I totally get it now. Yeah. Do I think it's my favorite track on the album? No, I still think the title track is probably a better song overall. And there are a lot of all too well clones on this record, like a mm. lot of them. That it's like the same story, the same imagery, the yeah. same lyrics, but none of them hit as hard as all too well. Yeah, I, I think so. So I had it kind of the opposite. I like that kind of like um, interlude, like argument. Uh, I like it too. Yeah. I just thought it wasn't. I just thought it was a little on the nose. It kind it of bangs you over the head with, "Oh, this is he's the bad guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I, so. Yeah, so I went into this uh, maybe being a toxic uh, masculine person, um, but I went to it thinking like because I, I like I like you know I like Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Like, there you so go. Like this Night is where it starts. Or, yeah, you know. But like, so so I, I went into that like thinking like okay, like you know, like all the all you know all the toxic masculine talking points of like they only dated three months and like you know she needs to get over it like blah 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 like you yeah know. i definitely didn't think that I, well i, I, I didn't think all of that it, but, yeah no, okay. but i i did the three months thing really resonated with me it was like mm. oh they only dated three months but then i actually didn't know that they only officially dated three months but then later i came to like realize that they were on and off for a long time afterwards uh, okay yeah that makes um, perfect sense and that's like you know that's real like that's like time in the relationship you know even oh, yeah, it's like, real time yeah. not literally especially the in-betweens like you're like grappling with yeah. the relationship still so like yeah. that You're just and you can have like out. flings and one night stands and everything with that person like flirty texts or whatever like all of that stuff play has an emotional effect on you absolutely and i think that um yeah so so uh so i, I went in with a less with a more forgiving view of jake gyllenhaal not like i wasn't totally like you know like jake gyllenhaal's good did actually. nothing wrong yeah yeah, yeah. um and that, that's actually <laughs> the people i watched the music video with like two of them are th- two of them were like um Taylor's like stands like on her side totally one of them was uh just like just a guy like (laughs) he's a man (laughs) fair enough yeah Yeah, uh, and he was like very much like you know like even when watching like which was like that that the 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 scene with uh the argument really was like what made me like be like okay yeah I'm like on and again I don't know if this is accurate but like I'm definitely more on Taylor Swift's side with it sure yeah um because I just like this guy was like I don't see anything wrong here. <laughs> like, no, which def- is like you definitely super take stuff in reaction to other things. I know, yeah. but I was just like in super like even if it wasn't real, like I was super in defense of Taylor Swift in that moment because yeah. I was like, he's literally just like, like this is like gaslighting like one oh one. Like, so this is where this is where it, I like definition like you said like literally like definitionally. Oh yeah, he, he was. Yeah, and and I remember at first when I saw that scene, I was like, wait, like I don't get it, like. It didn't look like anything. Like, oh, they when show, you so they the hand. So yeah, I didn't know. I didn't see that. I was like, drop the hand. Uh, and in my head, I was like, I could see that happening to me. 
And for me, it would genuinely just be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I held your hand and I stopped holding your hand <laughs> to, like, grab my drink or something. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, it was, but but like, I get it. But it, but there was a symbolism there. And that's what elaborate. I like about it. Like, the way he, like, I didn't even see that. I didn't hand. even see right, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to describe it to you. Oh, please, please. The way it happened was, like, she put her, like, tried to grab his hand. Like, he, like, grabbed it and he just, like, basically shook her hand, like, deliberately shook her hand and then just dropped it and, like, to it, me, put, and he didn't go for a drink. He just okay, like put his. Hand I remember. Back. I remember like, the shaking. I remember the shaking. To me, yeah. that kind of looked like. I don't know. Like when I saw that, I didn't think anything bad of it. Like, okay, do you mind if we do a, a, a physical demonstration? Yeah, 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 I want to show it, you, yeah. like, because obviously, take like, my hand. You're right. Like I'm like you know when I when I saw that huh. I was like you know like you know like. You know, like like well, with like, romantic, a, with like yeah. a smile, like you know, give you a shake and then let go of it because I need to grab like a pretzel or something. But like I didn't see it as let's do it one more time. Like you know, like yeah, shake your hand. Yeah. <laughs> like no the, love. Nice to no, There's no love. There's no sex appeal. There's nothing going on there. Like, well, he, to me, I, I felt it's to me. It felt like he was, uh, you know, um, the double meaning is not. Oh, he was shaking it off. Like he was like literally like sh- yeah. shaking her off of him. Like yeah, like. I didn't, that's I didn't I see that. that. Like, I didn't see that. So that's great to know. Again, obviously, from the context of the conversation they have, like, obviously, I, I'm like, okay, I'm clued in. It yeah. was not a romantic thing. To and me, then, like, then other I, things in that conversation of, like, we were with your friends and, like, you weren't inviting me. Like, that's, like, pretty. And, and that's an interesting and, thing. And that's, okay, so, so that's a real thing. That's very relatable. I'm for sure, sure that's something, like, I've been on both sides of before. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but one thing I will say, though, is, like, it's not even about like whether it happened or not. The, just the way that he was like, "You're crazy. What are you talking about? Like, you're insane. Like, that's not true. Like, it, it just like that's like token gaslighting just to tell your your partner and someone you like, um, and and you'll see like in his like reaction right afterwards of oh no, like I love you. Sorry, sorry. Like, right. I'm yeah. not really sorry, but I'm gonna say sorry. Totally, totally. Um, but like that's like you, to someone you love, you you cannot like that's just uh, the wrong thing to say is uh. Like you're crazy for thinking that. Like exactly, you have no that, idea what that, that's like, the worst thing. Insane. And, and yeah. yeah, the the hand again, the hand thing. I was like, okay, I'm not sold on this fight. But everything else, I was like, okay, I'm totally sold on this fight. And now that you explain the hand, I'm like, okay, the hand is valid. <laughs> yeah. For me, again, it, it, everything is about first impressions, right? Yeah. Because well, she starts off with the hand thing, and it kind of immediately made me discount, for better or for worse, it made me discount her argument at first. Mm. I was like, what are you talking about? It was just a hand. Like, yeah. I don't. Like, what's the problem? Like he, like again. That it makes you feel a certain way is totally valid, but like he obviously didn't intend. But again, now that you explain the hand, okay, I get it, and I agree with her. But then she goes on with the thing, and it's all of these things that are very relatable and very true yeah. about. And I think a lot of people have felt in a relationship. If you're in a new environment, particularly with your significant other or whatever, and and they don't make an effort, it is up to them to make yeah. an effort. Now, like, I do think that you should. This is hard to say, but like, if you are <laughs> if you are like the person that's not in the group, like. It is a little incumbent, maybe, on you to like acclimate just slightly, right? A little Which, bit. Oh, wait, but 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 obviously, like the onus is still on the person in the in group to ingratiate and help and bring the her in. Onus is on the legitimate adults who are hanging out with this twenty. Yeah, so woman. I don't know what that All was right. about. So so she said like it's kind of a throwaway line in the in the movie, but yeah. but the actress says um, like and they're all older than me. Yeah, and I was like, and I know that this age gap has been a big part of this discourse. So we're not going to touch it, but like I wouldn't. Do it. Okay, you want to touch it? Okay. But like, I want to, sorry, I don't want to touch the ethics of it because okay. there are a lot of debate. There's a lot of debate about that. Right, yeah, we're I not here. We go full in on we're it. We're here at the wrong fit. We don't talk about that. But <laughs> but we do talk about the way it impacted the relationship, right? Mm. I am curious about like this, 
It seems the, like, the, like I'm more just curious about the relationship dynamic. You know, they they, they again like it seems like well, they're good now though. Like yeah, I, I mean, uh, I guess I mean like the um j- just that dinner scene in the movie, right? Like oh, yeah. like who are I'm Jake sure Gyllenhaal's friends? Something. Like is it yeah, yeah. is it like like Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, you know, they, and yeah, and then and uh, like I don't know, like any other Zoe uh, Deschanel, you know, like and, and and Taylor Swift feels like an outcast. Like I don't know, like I'm not, dis- yeah. I would never this kind of experience. But all I have to feel like Taylor, like you were like huge Famous, already yeah. in twelve, like like. But, but, but she's again, still 20. But like, she's still 20. She's still 20. Yeah. She's still, like, there's life experience. And, and there's, you know, even people in the same, like, fame cohort could have, like, nothing to talk about. So. Yeah. And, and I think, um, yeah, I, I, that is interesting. I would be interested to see, like, who those characters, cast characters were. Right. Uh, uh, the thing I've, it's I've like heard. like Jennifer Aniston, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah something funny. That, that was, well, that was the, uh, you, you heard, like, the thing, like, one of the lyrics is, like, I cried in the back bathroom and like some celebrity like told yeah. me it's gonna be okay or whatever yeah. <laughs> the theory is that that is Jennifer Aniston are you serious because just, Jake Gyllenhaal what? yeah Jake Gyllenhaal used to like date uh, Jennifer Aniston now there's an age difference because Jennifer yeah. Aniston is almost she's, 10 years she, she's like 50 now I think or yeah something. she's, t- she's t- like, so, so yeah I just looked it up Jake Gyllenhaal is 40 right now Taylor Swift is 31 and uh, the, the whiplash between like if you're a man dating both those women to, like yeah. so like yeah so the, the short film really worked for me so Other too. than again, I, I feel like there are I would few... rank it in that order of like short film has like made its click for me, and then the yeah, like if I'm gonna you know. hear all too well, I want to watch the short film again because mm. like I love that actress that played, yeah. uh, I guess young Taylor, and I love that at the end, oh yeah, it's Taylor herself yeah. as like the older version of this woman, Dude, like I, it's great. I'm seeing so so okay so at, at the end of the video they say like. 11 years or 12 years later or something like that uh-huh. and the actual difference has been nine years yeah yeah it's nine, it'll, like it'll be it'll be nine years yeah um so people are theorizing or no 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 the actual difference is 12 years uh in the video it says 15 years because, oh. because she was 20 when i think it was she was 20 when she was dating him but she released a uh, red when she was 22 um yeah. and like the, the the story is about like 12 years whatever but what's the theory the theory is that she, when that she's gonna write a book in three years no and like about this i don't know i don't know about this but like uh, i don't know like i think that'd be uh i don't know <laughs> but then we have to review it on the podcast now to a read book this, like, i gotta read a book page book i gotta read about, about jake gyllenhaal yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah that's <laughs> that's just that's just what the the, the the Swifties are saying. That's just what the stand. That's what I've seen on TikTok the theories. Um, there are a lot of other songs here, though. We've only talked about like five or six songs at this point. Yeah, uh, I've talked a lot. I've already mentioned this a lot. Uh, I love the title track, Red. What did you think of the title track? Um, I didn't. I, I, I listened to it like once on my okay. Uh, but when I first heard it, it, it the, the album hadn't clicked for me yet at that point. Um, I didn't love yeah. it. Yeah, I hadn't heard "State of Grace." Yeah, I didn't like love that before. One either. Oh, you didn't like it? Oh, I actually really like uh, "State of Grace." Yeah, uh, I really like the melodies. I like the I like the pop rock kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, I kind of like her vocals on it. Uh, I I think that one probably benefits pretty well from enhanced production. I heard the original hmm. like a few times, um, and I don't have like any like major criticism of of it. Like, I think I actually liked maybe it's because the the album clicked for me, but I, I liked the acoustic version that was like later in the the vault. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I I, I didn't. I oh, hmm. yeah. Yeah, you're not an acoustic version person. I'm not, but 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 hold on. Now <laughs> I I thought it was good, but it wasn't on the level of what I think is probably my favorite acoustic stripped back version of any song ever. Oh, yeah. which is um, also by Taylor Swift. 
uh, on the Fearless re-record, uh, Forever and Always, the piano version. Oh, really? Forever okay. and Always, the pop song is really, really good. I have that saved as well. Yeah. But the piano version is, is, is lovely. It's a great, it turns a, a like a pop rock country kind of like ballad, not a ballad, but like a pop rock country song into a stripped back ballad. And it yeah. worked, and the lyrics work really well both ways. I think State of Grace doesn't work that well acoustically. Hmm. But I really like uh, Forever and Always piano version on uh, the Fearless re-record. Yeah. After after the first, like, uh, the album, like, once we get into the, the vault section, like, they stopped to... Uh, a, a couple of stand out, like, nothing new stood out to me. Um, right, of course. And uh, Machine never Bottle heard, stood out to me. I, thought was, I had never heard Ronan before. I, I, knew, either, I knew the story behind it. I don't know if you know anything. No, about, I don't know the context. So, Ronan is actually based on a true story. It's... um. It's like a retelling. It's like she's like vocalizing uh, this blog that this woman wrote of oh. about like a little boy. I don't know if the little boy was like her son or not. I, I don't. So I'm not gonna like put it out there. I don't know if it was or yeah. not. It's um, I went yet. Yeah. But this little boy died of uh, a kind of cancer when he was like yeah. three or four years old. So the lyrics are about that. But like it's not like Taylor's direct experience. It's like she. Uh, like part of a charity drive back in 2012, she uh, recorded this promotional single. Ronan was never on a, on the original Red, but I guess she folded it in uh, here because it was around the same time. Mm. Uh, it was really touching, and, and the ballad is really good, and the story behind it is very interesting. Uh, I'll put a link to that information in the show notes as well because yeah. it's definitely worth reading up on. And yeah, definitely would want to give it another listen. Yeah, um, with that. Yeah, because uh, if you're not listening to the lyrics, it it can feel like just another ballad. Like, yeah, you know, there are yeah. a lot. There are a lot of songs I mean, with here. the ballads. I think especially with the ballads, you have to be paying attention. And like, I maybe I just had ballad, uh, mm-hmm. ballad, ballad fatigue. The fatigue at that point. Yeah, but like to to really get the song, you have to listen to the lyrics. And I, I like ballads a lot, um, but you really have to listen to the lyrics. I think. Yeah, deliberately. A lot of songs. Um, I just have. I literally just wrote. I have no thoughts on this. Holy <laughs> ground. I have no thoughts. Sad, beautiful, tragic. I have no thoughts. The moment I knew. I have nothing to say. Yeah. Come back, be here. I have nothing to say. It, it, <laughs> I mean, I, I think when you get to a thirty album, <sighs> and this is like to be fair, but this even is, but even then, this it, is like an anthology project or it, it is yeah it's kinda... it is, but some of these songs were on the original like deluxe version you yeah know, maybe those were kind of meant to be heard in all in one sitting yeah and yeah i just don't have anything to say about some of these although okay so i'll, I'll get to songs that i i did like a lot okay. I, I mentioned that i liked state of grace a lot yeah i really liked starlight that was kind of a cool um yeah pop song it, it had really great mixing on the guitars on the um on the kind of the instrumental breakdown mm-hmm. uh but you know, it was kind of it was kind of neat. Um, I, I liked uh, "Begin Again" a lot, and I liked "Stay, okay. Stay, Stay" too. "Begin Again" was cool. If "Begin Again" felt like an answer to "All Too Well," yeah, uh, I, I thought "Stay." Yeah, it it, it provides some. Um, yeah, I, I, I do kind of like see what you're saying with the order of these songs. Like, I, I, it felt <laughs> like it, it provides some resolution. Like, it, it was a very resolving song. I, I thought that "Stay, Stay, Stay" was a very. Um, like relatable feeling you know um, yeah it was very stay 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 was very like it's kind of weird and by weird i mean like it's tonally kind of different from the rest of the album yeah the production feels like a target commercial almost <laughs> like the, yeah uh, but her vocals kind of save it and the like the cheesy lyrics save it too yeah i'm not sure how i feel about the three p like stay 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 yeah. time 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 like yeah. it was a bit childish at some point but i you know i didn't hate it <laughs> i, I kind of like it it's like a fun like guilty pleasure kind of song yeah i think that this is a 30 song 
um, album that I think that I'm going to choose 10 from mm-hmm. and probably continue to listen to and come back to at some point. Yep. Um, but that's, and that's not bad though. Like to me, that's not really horrible. Like comparing this to, um, Donda, which, uh, I'm curious how many like tracks are on that. I forget now, but it's like 25 or something. Yeah. Like that. There's fewer, like there's like probably like, t- uh, like probably like eight or nine or maybe like, you know, seven, seven or eight songs from the album that I'm going to come back to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm surprised you feel that way about Donda because I yeah. kind of feel like Donda is more cohesive than this one. Yeah, it's probably more cohesive. Well, but... to be fair, a lot of these tracks are just are just gimmies, right? They're yeah. Lucy's and they're they're Donda. It was actually most of it was Design actually like supposedly supposed to be an album, which we but we both agree that there was a lot of filler on that record. Yeah, I think that like yeah, I mean just like yeah, the, uh, the, those songs I could probably name like seven songs off the top of my head that I'm like I'm gonna listen to that. Like it, that, I love it. We couldn't we couldn't get this far in a conversation about Taylor Swift without comparing her, without comparing her to yeah, Kanye. It's like I mean I'm sure we compared Kanye to Taylor Swift in his. Uh, we did we did a yeah, little bit, like, but I do like how it's like a yin and yang type thing. We're clearly know? winding down this conversation, yeah. and we just had to end it with some Kanye talk. Yeah, right, I'm gonna let you finish. All right, this time for our top five, we decided to do something a little, a little bit different, a little bit uh, off the beaten path. We decided to change it up a little bit. Yes, sir. Um, we decided to do instead of top fives, we decided to do bo- bottom fives um, because here at the wrong fit, we don't like to fit in. We like to, to subvert expectations. Um, we like to bottom out sometimes. We like to bottom know? out. We're we're we like to, we like to bottom out. Okay. All right. Um, so, and do you want to introduce what which uh, top bottom vibes we're doing? I sure do. So our this time we're going to be doing our bottom five. Well, I guess I guess top it's so five te- worst. I guess it's technically still like a top five, but yeah, it's a, it's got the worst. bottom spirit. Yeah, it's a top five. <laughs> yeah, it's our top five <laughs> least favorite movies that we saw in the cinema. In the cinema. Yeah. Now, least favorite on the silver screen. On the silver screen, least favorite means something a little different from worst mm-hmm. and we also stipulated in the cinema because that it's a more visceral experience of watching a movie yeah if a movie's bad and you're watching it on netflix you just turn that you just turn that joint off you know yeah just, but if you're at the movies and particularly if it's a movie you were really excited to see yeah. which is presumably why you paid ten dollars for a ticket twenty dollars for popcorn 150 dollars for a soda you know it <laughs> that feels like really crappy if yeah. the movie was not as good as you thought it was absolutely so some of these movies a lot of these movies on my list particularly they're not even like horrible mm-hmm. they're just like wow like, i expected mid. more <laughs> mid ratio plus l plus this plus that um so that, you know that that's kind of where the onus comes from and and i think so this is definitely distinct from like top five worst movies we've ever seen Mm-hmm. You know, because I've seen some pretty bad movies, but none of them were in the cinema. I've seen some stinkers. Yeah, so um, the pretty stinky, stinky, stink. smelly kind of movies. But yeah, that's not what we're talking about today necessarily. Uh, so this is top five least favorite movies that we saw in the cinema. You want to roll a coin? Roll a coin to let's, see let's who roll to, it. See, to see who goes first. Uh, a coin. I'll yeah. be a general. You can go first. Okay. No, I'll go first. All so right. you have a timer ready. So yeah. we're going to be doing the same thing, three and a half minutes, because that worked really well last time. Yeah. And um, keeps the segments in check. And it's and fun to, uh, to tell Marco to... to shut up. Yeah, I talk a lot. Like, dude, I bet like I bet you just wanted to scream time at the red the red segment because that that was brutal. I was talking a lot in that. So, all right. So my number five is this is going to be a very controversial pick because this is a very well beloved movie, mm. and I went into it knowing that it was a beloved movie, 
and I came out of it very, very disappointed. And I think the you didn't beloved like, it. The context I did not beloved it, and the the context around it I think is pretty important. Uh, my number five is Inside Out, Ooh. and that's probably like a complete switch over. Well, maybe I don't know what you were expecting because you kind of had a face when I said all that, yeah. and you, I think you were expecting something else. And you might still get your wish granted okay. uh, later down the list. So just keep that in your head. I thought no. it was a real release. It was kind of what, like the vibe I thought you were going for. Oh, but like, oh no, no. Yeah. My number five is Inside Out. Fair. And Inside Out, so if in case you don't know, it's a Pixar movie. It is commonly considered like the movie that got Pixar like back on track, mm. which I don't, I don't <laughs> get that at all. Because if wow. you look at the 2000s, you're going to tell me Inside Out is at the caliber of Monsters, Inc., Toy Story 1 and 2, Finding Nemo, Wally Up, yeah. Ratatouille. Like, no, <laughs> like, obviously not. And, like, the movie was so derivative and it didn't feel, like, special. Some of the logical, like, the world building didn't make sense. Really? Like, there were a lot I love thi- the world building. Like, it was nice, but there were things about it that, didn't, that to me, didn't really make a lot of sense mm. about, like, how the mechanics of the movie work and it just when i was watching it that's the only thing i could think of the entire time and then also thinking that like the character the main character the little girl like she was not a particularly compelling character (laughs) it felt like it felt like she was just a husk for the five emotions that's true right and like wait like aren't you like a person like with your motivations does that mean like all of our motivations are just determined by five like furry animals like that live in our heads (laughs) again like i it's not even are, the... are we the sum of our motivations i think is the question okay whatever um <laughs> maybe the whole movie was about her so yeah well whatever yeah. um like and I, I know that you're not supposed to be thinking about this stuff a lot it's a kid's movie but again like there are plenty of movies that i suspend my disbelief for this one just was to me just wasn't good enough mm. and the reason why it's like even made the top five is because again i went into it expecting a lot because pixar at that point had released a lot of clunkers uh, in 20, I think it was like 2015, you know, yeah. we had Monsters University, which was just kind of like a weird, dumb movie. There was Cars 2, which people didn't like, and I didn't really care for. There was Brave, which was kind of boring. I like Brave. I, I, <laughs> Brave is good, but it's not If like, you could change your fate, would you? <laughs> if you had a chance to change your fate, would you? But again, like Brave really is fine. It's just not at the level of like The Incredibles or something, right? Yeah. And Inside Out, everyone was like, okay, like... Because Pixar having the slump, that was a very big talking point for a yeah. very long time. And I think it kind of still is because they haven't, they still haven't really made that great of a movie. I like Coco. I mean, yeah, that's but what like, I other than that. I was like, going to say Coco and Inside Out have been my two recent, like, mm-hmm. or like. So you disagree with me. Like, you disagree I, I that this. Inside Out was like, just I, mid. Yeah. I, I liked, I, I liked the memories aspect of it. I liked mm-hmm. the growing up aspect of it. Which like really is like what Pixar movies about, but like, yeah, I like the movie. I, I I didn't see it in theaters, but I really liked it. Just when I think about like I I saw it. In... Is that it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Darn man, I had a lot to say. Okay, uh, then I'll go for follow up. Okay. Next time. Um, my uh, fifth was the a movie I actually really liked a lot. Um, but I didn't. This is like the the funny one. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I liked it a lot. I I love the movie actually. Um, I didn't like seeing it in theaters, and I'm about mm. to give you the explanation. I love, this of why. is why I love this category because we can kind of get some nuance. Like, we can get we can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. tell me. I, uh, it was 2013's Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite, like, or not one of favorite, but like, I'm not like you know, I'm not a, I'm not a single male. Just say, just say, you <laughs> like the movie. It's I like fine. the movie a lot. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. do like the movie a lot. Yeah, but I so the the background of the story was my family was in uh, San Antonio for I guess like. 
you know, winter break 2013. Because um, I think the movie came back out in like Oscar season. So it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. And we were like looking for a movie to watch. And like we were at the San Antonio um, theater, like over by the Riverwalk. And we were like, great. oh, there's this new. That's a great movie theater, by the way. Yeah, I remember yeah, they got that. the comfy seats. And yeah, all that. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, they were like, uh, yeah, like let's just go see this movie, Wolf of Wall Street. And uh, that's not a movie you see with your parents. No, it's like extremely inappropriate. Yeah. Lots of drugs, lots of sex. So much drugs, so many uh, just female body parts exposed, <laughs> ma- male body parts exposed. Just a lot to take in, especially in a family environment. And yeah, it was just a lot. And I, I, I loved it, um, but I liked the movie a lot. And I've seen it since. I've seen it like when it was on Netflix, I think, or like. By and yourself. By myself, yeah. Or not or, or, even or with, with friends. Like people people yeah. your age. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, like by myself. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. In, out, yeah. in privacy. Like, in pri- yeah. Away from prying parental eyes. Yeah. So, so what happened like in the movie theater? <laughs> Maybe this is something we edit out, but like, oh, God. you know, you know how in uh, at that theater you have the recliner chairs, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely, there was a point in the movie where I had to like decline my recline, if that makes sense. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh no we gotta cut this out we gotta cut this out okay okay um, <laughs> but uh but yeah like it was like uh, weird like I, and I, I actually I, I was just joking about that like actually that like and I'm not saying this to like clean up like that actually didn't happen but okay. like because I w- it literally was so awkward I couldn't enjoy any parts of the movie okay. because I was like I, I was like felt weird enjoying it like yeah. I feel like that happens a lot. It's like you're watching something at home on the TV. Oh, like a sex and scene comes Parents or something. walk in, what are you yeah. watching? And it's like, but like to have this like, basically like, you know, two hour long, like, just like, inter- like you know, intermittent, like just drug, sex, like mm-hmm. every other scene. Um, it was just a very like train of uncomfortability that's like, I don't know. Um, but yeah. I like the movie a lot. And it said a lot about capitalism and like, you know, all that. But right. I, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, That's great. not my first watch. <laughs> That's great. My number four, uh, this again, this is not like a... I mean, this is a pretty bad movie. I, I will say that. This is a pretty <laughs> bad movie. Universally disliked. Uh, pretty stupid movie. In 2019, I saw a lot of movies. I think I saw like mm. 10 or 11 movies in 2019. Uh, ironically, like the lot. I remember when 2020 started, yeah. I was like, oh, I want to watch a lot of movies in 2020. And then, <laughs> then then that happened. But 19 was the year I watched a lot of movies. If you remember, I mean, we saw Joker in theaters together that, yeah. in 19. Uh, a lot of other movies. Um, this one was like the worst one that I saw in 2019. And that's really? Men in Black International. Oh, yeah. Like, what a stupid movie. Yeah. What a stupid... <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb movie i saw it but i also saw it like in the worst movie theater i saw it in one of the dollar theaters because it was like one of the we were in the area my dad and i were in the area and we we're like let's watch a movie and we were at like the round rock five or whatever they call these dollar theaters and all they had that was like anything even close to something we'd want to watch was men in black international mm. and i was like this movie is gonna suck but I just want an excuse to eat some popcorn and drink some cola. Like I, yeah. that's what I love about the movies, like popcorn and soda. It's sometimes fun um, to watch the bad movies, but yeah, yeah. even going but, into knowing you, it's bad. Right. I didn't. I went into it expecting like basically nothing. Yeah. And I didn't know Chris Hemsworth was in this sucker. Yeah. But boy, Thompson, Chris but, but boy, he is in it, and it's not that good. <laughs> it's dull special effects were terrible really it was generic it wasn't that funny really like chris hemsworth he makes some he makes some stinkers like he mm. for him being like mm. pretty extremely well known and popular and very popular yeah. very well respected and i like chris hemsworth but like he is in some pretty dull ugly movies you know, like I, I don't know a ton of good things that he's done other than the thor movie like the exactly thor movie. <laughs> yeah he, he had a cameo 
in uh not cameo but he was in ghostbusters the new one the 2016 yeah, one. I remember, yeah and i i saw that in theaters and that's not on my list because i actually didn't hate the film a, mm. uh at all but he was in that and like he got like panned for that which i thought was a little unfair yeah um i remember the joke was just like oh it's like funny because he's like hot and like he's right like that's the joke yeah but i don't know he played like the dumb hot guy like the himbo or whatever yeah anyway so men in black international again like i don't have a lot to say about it it was just dumb and and so i saw it at the dollar theater and the screen was really small like Mm. you would think that it's a movie theater you don't have to worry about the screen but the screen was kind of small you're like squinting to see you were (laughs) you were kind of squinting a little bit and these theater rooms that they had were like these narrow it was narrow like there were like it was tight like maybe it was about as wide as this room really or maybe twice as wide as this room which is not particularly wide for a movie theater theater. and like the screen at the end very small and yeah. it was kind of hard to see. Oh, and then it was a little quiet, too. I love that. Why don't you love when movies are just quiet? Yeah. And you're like, I can't hear. And you want to tell the projectionist to, like, turn up the volume, but you yeah. can't because there's no it's... communicating with the man inside the box. Yeah. But, yeah, Men in Black International. And the reason why, like, there's some recency bias on my list, but the reason why mm. it's even number four, and it's not a particularly horrible movie. It's just dumb and boring. Yeah. But... It was like one of the last movies I saw before the pandemic, like that, 2019. Yeah, that'll sink with you. That'll stay with you. I think the last movie I saw in 2020 was probably uh, uh, un 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 something. Uh, uh, what's it called? Unbroken. The, 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 the one with the one with Adam Sandler. Uh, un, oh, uncut gems. Uncut. Sorry, I was trying to say uncrushed. Un- okay. Yeah. I wanted to say untouched, uncrushed. <laughs> I was like, what is it? Yeah, like Uncut was one of the last movies I saw in 2020. And that that's was, such that a was great, really, really, that was a really, really great movie. I love Uncut dude, Gems. That's such like, a good segue. I, hate, I, it's insane how good of a segue that is. No, from my way. To, my fourth is a, oh, an Adam Sandler movie. And, oh, okay, but it, okay, I'm starting your timer. Yeah. But it's not Uncut Gems. No, I love oh, Uncut God. Gems. Okay. Uncut Gems is like one of my favorite Adam. Like it's probably yeah. my favorite. Like maybe Adam you Sandler saw Uncut movie. Gems, but there was like a baby crying throughout the entire movie, and that's why it's oh. like your least favorite. That'd no, be great, no, no. right? Okay, yeah, that would be an interesting story. But no, Adam Sandler movie. I really liked it. Um, I really liked Uncut Gems. I really did not like Just Go With It. Uh, No way. The movie with Adam Sandler, uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston. uh, Yeah. I think someone else was in it too. Um, But basically the the whole concept, and and this was like 2012, 2013, something like that. The whole concept of this, um, I I wrote it down, but I forgot. But the, the whole concept of the movie is like, he's like trying to like woo, like he's like this doctor and like Jennifer Aniston is his secretary and he's like trying to woo this like young woman but like jennifer aniston comes with him on the trip and like Mm -hmm. he ends up uh like falling for jennifer aniston who's like obviously incredibly attractive right but But she's like older that's the joke older yeah and and much more age appropriate for someone like adam sandler like Mm -hmm. i don't know what the age difference is i'm sure adam sandler's probably so older than her um yeah but like much more age appropriate i think he's like a, a plastic surgeon which is like a very like adam sandler role i feel like um and, and ironically uncut jim is also a very adam sandler like scummy like role or whatever right um, but this was like a very romantic comedy um and it was just like one of those adam sandler movies from like the early 2010s it was just made to make money and like adam sandler was like making a lot of money like you know throw throw, throw adam sandler jennifer aniston into a movie and i think they've done a movie since then actually they did uh like a, a crime like travel movie or something like that hmm. they, they've done stuff together that's been good 
um, critically. I, I haven't watched, but I've heard it's been critically good. But that movie was just such a stinker. And I think there's another one. I, like all my movies are, you'll see, are from gen- the same general time period. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I went with my parents also to this movie when I was like 14. What? A romantic? Like, it's probably going to be kind of raunchy. It's a it's an Adam Sandler production. Like, well, who takes their kid to watch Adam Sandler be horny? I don't know why. <laughs> like these two, these two. I think these might be the only two. But like these okay. two, I just like. And and that didn't really work. It wasn't that like raunchy that it okay, ruined okay. it for me. Really, yeah. like it wasn't Wolf of Wall Street level raunchy. Obviously. Right. Well, yeah, um, it's a hard bar to clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this one's like was rated PG thirteen, not R or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, it was just kind of like this one was bad. This one's probably the worst one on my list of just like oh, oh, as like a caliber well, movie. We'll we'll get to it. We'll see. Okay. Okay. But okay, like, okay. It, it was this one was one of the ones that was like a bad movie. Not it wasn't even disappointing. I had no expectations going into it. I don't know why I watched it. But I just went into it, and it, it was just bad. Like, there's not more, more than to say that it was bad. It was, like, um, you know, I, I just remember, like, being at that age of, like, wow, like, I, you know, you're young. And so, like, I wasn't that young. But I was, like, pretty young. And, like, you're so young, it's just, like, I, I didn't realize that things could just be so bland. Exactly. You when know? You're, I, I know exactly that feeling you're talking about. I, when I was a kid, that around that age, when yeah. this movie came out, I was like, when I'm an adult, like, I want to watch all these, like, fun comedies, these romantic comedies, yeah. like, these things that my parents never, like, want me to go see. Like, I don't want to watch these, like, lame superhero movies for kids. Like, I want to watch, like, yeah. cool stuff. But then when you watch, like, so many of them are just horrible. Things lose their novelty, really. I, and they're it, dull and they're boring and they're bland. So the thing is, like, for me, I think as a kid, things, like, lose their, like, novelty because you, you, you get more experience. Oh, yeah. But, like, I think... It's interesting that like a lot of these movies are for adults and like adults. Just, yeah, yeah. My number three is this is not a like uh, again, another movie that's like universally panned and, and hated mm-hmm. and probably a lot more well known than Men in Black International. Yeah, My number God. three is The Last Airbender. Oh, that was, I was thinking about putting that yeah. one. I didn't see it in theaters though. Okay, like, no, yeah. I had the misfortune of watching it in theaters. This was in to, like 2009, 10. I think mm-hmm. it was 10. And Avatar was huge at the time. Oh, like, yeah. Like it would, it, was just like a season or two away from being over. Yeah. And I remember watching it like every new episode live on Nickelodeon. I was super into it. My sister and I really, really love Avatar. So I still good. I still really like it a lot. So I haven't good. seen it a lot. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I still really like it. You should. I, yeah. And when <laughs> we found out that like there was going to be a movie made about it, you know, it was like, it's great. Nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it, you know, it'll be the first of many. It'll be the first of three movies. Who knows? Yeah. Right. And, and when you see it, it's like bizarre horribly acted the effects were weird the effects were weird the bending they they messed up so the bending weird, yeah like, again like i i am hardly the first person breaking the news and say that Ava- the, the <laughs> last Bender, bad. avatar movie bad actually um, <laughs> like you know it was just weird and dull and and they they messed up the ethnicities they yes they, they whitewashed yeah. and then they brown washed like yeah, what was, was up with yeah. that like it was bizarre yeah they made like they made like, it was just weird yeah um you know i'll get too into it because i don't want to like you know again like m night travel you know is a man of indian descent so i, I yeah, don't want to like, wanna, like yeah. right but it, but it just wasn't true to the show yeah and, and the, the show is very deliberate with the different bending styles being influenced by different cultures and like different uh cultures. exactly and in the show the bending was a lot more seamless too yeah and in this in the movie the the bending was very choreographed and very little happens with each i know movement. i know like one person in the show could like launch a tank into the stratosphere with their yeah. hands with the earth, but 
like in the movie, it's like five earthbenders move that are one tiny rock, move this little like tiny rock slowly. at like the slowest speed possible, and they hit a guy who had plenty oh. of time to react and yeah. plenty of time to do something about it, but he doesn't do anything about it. It definitely makes a lot more sense why the Fire Nation like like won because the Fire Nation was like the most like again like they they were a little bit nerfed because it was like they had to have a source of fire to yeah. like use yeah, their fire, exactly, which, which is, is like why? Uh, yeah, like I don't think that like I think that goes for the earthbenders. Because that's in the show, they put all the earthbenders oh, yeah, like, at a camp, right. like on a ship, on a metal ship where yeah. there's no earth. Like, that's yeah. super clever. In the movie, they put them in like this dirty, like with literal dirt desert, yeah, like, it didn't make any like sense. arid, they, like camp, which was plenty of earth to go around. Yeah. It was just yeah. so, like, both were nerfed, but it did, like, it definitely, like, I just remember that scene of that, like, boulder, like, very slowly moving towards the firebenders. I was like, yeah, like the firebenders would. He had plenty of time to react, yeah. and then he, but he didn't, and he fell over, and it was. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like just, a Wilhelm scream here. Like, it was yeah, just like, like ah, so. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was <laughs> comical almost. It was like, dull. There were key elements and key characters, like fan favorite characters that were mm. left out. Yeah. There were storylines that were breezed over. And again, it's a movie, right? Yeah, but, some of that. But. but, you know, you could have kept some fan service in. And if it was written a little better, then maybe there would have been multiple movies, but it wasn't. And. You know, M. Night, like, he has some good movies in his catalog. I mean, The Sixth Sense. I mean, okay. Yeah. And that's where we'll end. Yeah, Sixth, Sixth Sense. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a bad way to end it. Not, not at all. Okay. Uh, this one was, so this is, uh, I'll just go into it. 2016 Suicide Squad. This is actually mm. interesting. Like, this is the most recent one on my list, which sure. I thought was interesting. A yeah. lot of mine are, were older. But 2016 Suicide Squad, um, yeah, like, well, this one was the disappointment one. Because yeah. I'm a big like DC superhero fan. I like Marvel. Mm. Okay, like I watch the Marvel movies and stuff. Like I'm like a I'm like yep. a guy. But right, like right, right. I I really like I, I remember I grew up on the DC animated. Everybody did. Yeah, DC I loved had it. DC had such a head start. I know in our childhoods, and they totally bungled it with the movies. They totally bungled it, and this was like the epitome of the bungle. This was like bungle the bunglement without like uh without able to come back from because I, yeah, I, this yeah. was the last DC extended universe movie I watched in theaters. I didn't watch, you know, freaking Aquaman. I didn't watch Justice League. Justice League. <sighs> like, I, I, that one was, I, 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 I watched, Steel like, two. scenes of it. It looked horrible. Wonder Woman. Like, I, I actually did watch Wonder Woman. Well, what, did it come after? I didn't, oh, I didn't watch yeah, before, I think. Yeah. I didn't watch the second one. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. But, yeah, it was just, like, such, like, the tone was all off. So this was a movie that uh, I heard editing was, uh, uh, it was it was very much a, um and I, I've like watched a lot of like videos about it because it's just so such a. Did fantastic... it hop between directors? Or, it or... hopped between. Yeah, it was just studio. I think that they were like uh... so so it, uh, reshoots. So that's the thing that like that's for me like whenever I like see a movie, I'm always like, what was the reshooting situation? Because that's like a oh, huge yeah. red flag. Mm -hmm. um, but this one had huge re reshoots. Interestingly enough, so this movie came out fall of 2016. Yep. Uh, Deadpool came out February of 2016. And there was a lot of reshoots, uh, seeing the success of an R-rated Deadpool movie. Yeah, to they they try to make it I, like funny. And I remember like, they DC wanted their own Deadpool, and it was and, like a tonal nightmare because they created this movie that was really dark and gritty and like, um, like very few. It felt like the uh, the original. If you look at the original advertising, it's much more dark. And then you look at the second advertising, um, the the newer advertising, and it was like. You know, a Queen song was in the trailer, and it was like yeah. bright, colorful. Yeah, like, no, and and dude, like they, the marketing around it was inescapable. Yeah, like go to yeah. any mall, 
Suicide Squad and the mall is like peanut Dude, butter hot and jelly. Topic. Yeah, hot like, Topic, Spencer's, like even like normal stores. Like they were carrying like Harley Quinn stuff. Yeah. Like the Will Smith character was the name I can't remember. His Ditch stuff, shot, yeah. like whatever. The man <laughs> who can climb anything, like yeah. gets shot immediately. I know that like, was that was <laughs> the funniest. Hilarious. Like that was like the oh my this, that was the point in the movie where I was like, okay, I'm gonna enjoy this for being bad. Yeah, this is um, terrible. But yeah, there was this one moment that like I really I didn't want to get to because I, this movie moment like encapsulated the movie uh entirely yeah this tonal shift was this guy was talking and he was like uh like it, like it was the fire guy a diablo i think was his name uh-huh, i hate that uh-huh. i don't remember he's like the yeah. fire guy yeah yeah and he was like um i miss my dead wife and it was like this really like he was going into his backstory because like they threw well, all these it's characters at the bar yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. they threw all these characters and he was like i miss my def- dead wife i killed my wife and son and then they like flashback to the story and the flashback begins with him like smacking his wife on her <sighs> behind and it's like this total this total tonal like what the heck going from i miss my wife and child who i killed and it's not even funny right like it's not funny at all like deadpool like had those moments where like you could sympathize but he's also like a piece of like a piece of work yeah and like it it was funny the contrast was funny in suicide squad it it wasn't funny and that's okay yeah um i had so much more to talk about with that one because it was so bad but yeah let's go to your uh two okay you're not going to believe this. My number two is Suicide Squad. <laughs> what? We can keep the conversation keep going. going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're not going to believe it. I was like, when you said it, I was like, this is great. This is, <laughs> and we I, cannot plan this better. And I was like, oh, do I tell her? Like, no, I'm going to wait till my segment to tell her. Yeah. Okay. So, like, Suicide Squad. <laughs> I saw this movie in theaters, like, with my friends. It was like. I, Same, I, I had a huge said, group of friends. You said it was fall. I, I my memory was that it was like in the summer of sixteen. I thought it was October, but it doesn't matter. I, th- I, I thought it was Halloween time. I got. Oh, but okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I definitely saw it in theaters, yeah. and I was like, "This is dumb. This movie's dumb. This movie's dull." Yeah. Jared Leto Joker, who, we, oh ha- who we haven't even touched yet. Like, and didn't why? He, didn't need to be in the movie really. Like, he didn't was, need to be in the wasn't movie. really in the movie too much. And is he like, ever going to be Joker? I don't know. Oh, well, he's going to be Joker in the new Batman with uh. uh He's no. not. He's not going to be in that oh, movie. No, he's not in that movie. All oh, right, it's the Riddler. It's a Riddler movie. Yeah, thankfully, one, right? there's no Joker. They need. They need to take a okay. rest from the Joker. Batman Joker yeah. dynamic. I think. Well, especially the Jared Leto Joker. What's that all about? Yeah, but like, what a yeah. dumb movie. And just like, like Will the Smith. laugh. Ah, ah. <laughs> like, what the heck is that? Ah, ah. That's so. That's like, really good. Come on, just dead laugh, dude. Like the Harley Quinn, like ubiquity that we got in the cultural moment of mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Oh my. It was just nuts. So like, I just looked it up. It was actually released in August. You were 100% right. Okay, okay. And the reason it's I... Like late summer for I, me. I, okay. I connected with Halloween because everyone was Harley oh, Quinn. Oh, yeah. Even though the movie yeah. tanked, even though everyone hated it, everyone was still Harley Quinn and Joker. Like, I was yeah, like, well, of course. Like, like people bought the merchandise. People bought, like, the... The, the clothes with Harley Quinn. Like. I, I, have you seen my Harley Quinn t-shirt? No. Oh, I, I have a, like, okay. one of my friends at that time. Like, as a joke or what? As a joke. Like, yeah. yeah, it got me that shirt and I wore it a couple times. Dude, really the, the biggest contribution to the culture that Suicide Squad had was Will Smith saying, so what are we? Weird. Some kind suicide of Suicide Squad. squad. Um, like, yes. That's like great. You know, that's that's great. That's the only thing. It's so bad. It's good. So going back on what I said about the tonal thing, I'm, I just want to yeah. drop No, no, this, please, please, um, please. Is that... Uh, the, the, so the, the reshoots, um, the reshoots were done and, and re-edited by the company that created the trailer mm-hmm. because the trailer like did numbers because uh, they, they, they edited the trailer to make it like super fun and like you know it's crazy to me that there are that there are just production companies that are just about trailers yeah like, and I didn't even know that the movie like read like watched like it looked like the trailer like it, it, yeah it, 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 it 
the viewing experience was like I was watching this big trailer for like this movie that like I'm currently watching and it's like yeah. what's going on. Um, have you seen the new one? The like the the, the current the Suicide Squad. The yeah, suicide I hate squad. when they do that in movies, yeah. but no, I haven't seen it out of it's out weird. of a moral out of a moral obligation. I have not seen it. I watched it because I got it got pretty good reviews. I actually liked it a lot. People definitely people liked it more, and yeah. I think it was because they benefited from having just one director, one vision, one writer, or what one team of writers or whatever. Yeah, a more artistic. Yeah, and, and like Integrity. I think that they they realized their mistakes with because David Ayer is supposed to be not a bad director. Like I yeah. think he's done good things before, so. Yeah, like my my coming of age with Suicide Squad was watching like the the reviews for it like by these like angry YouTubers like it was mm. just great like it was great to like I felt like at that time is when I really started realizing like that films could just be horrible yeah and like you could and you could express why a movie's good with terms like tone with development with God cinematography lighting sound design like, it was really interesting how this movie was bad. Yeah, and I think that was the first time in my life where I was like, no, like I don't feel anything for this character because we haven't been told the character's story. We haven't been developed with the character. At least throw and like, you know, 18 characters. Right, right. right and, and we're all supposed to like them. Like, this is like so unearned. Like, they're trying to have mm -hmm. like a like a weird like X-Men Avengers Deadpool moment and it's just yeah. not earned at all. And, you know, all those like, X-Men, I, I really like the X-Men movies. Like the first one, they, they introduced a lot of characters, but you knew it was that, earned. Yeah. And, like, you, and you knew that Wolverine was the main character. Like that yeah. was like established. So, yeah. Yeah. Like Suicide Squad, like that was the first bad movie. I had seen bad movies before, but like that was the first one where I was like, like the lighting is terrible. The sound design <laughs> has problems. The characters are not interesting. Like I, I, you start to think about things in terms that like the film critics say. And, like from then on, like that's how I look at movies now. You know the more. way I like to establish this movie uh -huh. is I like to I say it the Oscar award winning Suicide Squad. Uh, what did it win an Oscar for? Uh, makeup or like costume? Okay, makeup. Yeah, yeah. fair enough, I guess. I guess, but <laughs> even that, to me, I wasn't even impressed by that. Like, okay. I think that like the Star Trek uh, movie, like the Star, Star Trek Beyond, dude, they won it won over. I thought Star Trek Beyond was way better. Yeah, that was a great. Like, like, even, I had seen Star Trek Beyond like that same summer, and I was like, what a great movie! I yeah. love this movie. What's a much and, better like, movie? Yeah, yeah like and probably the, probably the best of the of the new Star Treks. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the first one a lot, but yeah. Um, Are you keeping time? Uh, Oh yeah, I did, was keeping time. Oh yeah, we're. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, okay, I was like, we're talking I, about Star sorry, Trek I, now. Like, I, I pulled up the Suicide uh, Squad thing and like I like switched tabs. I'm okay, sorry. okay, um, that's great. What a great moment yeah. in, in the show's history. With, just like, going just, over. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was definitely 100 percent my bad. That's all good. Uh, all right, my right name you are. Yeah. Okay, we're we're getting the the superhero uh, portion yeah. of this. Uh, my uh, second worst movie I've ever seen in theaters, um, and it's just crazy. That this isn't the worst. Like I, I had to give the nod to. Um, another movie, but right. the worst movie is Thor two, the second mm. Thor movie. Oh mm. my worst worst <laughs> Marvel movie, worst superhero movie I think I've seen in theaters at least. Um, like Suicide Squad, I told you there was a point in the movie I think when that like guy died. Like yeah, I was you're like, like okay, okay, this is a bad movie, I can and I'm going to enjoy this. it as a bad movie. Exactly, but uh, Thor two, there was never that moment. It was all just bad. It was just bland. It was so bland. Uh, it reminds me of uh, it, it just like. It, it's just very bland. Like, there was nothing to it. Like, I, I can't even... Like, it was just so, like, the, the bad guy... It, it was a, a really, like, interesting dive into, like, what can... What, what the soul... Like, in the same way that you look at things in the Suicide Squad movie, it's like, what are bad movie, cinematography, filmography, um, you know, decisions. Yeah. This was a really, like... It's like, what if a movie just didn't have any soul? Like, there was... Mm. Like, the, the soul was just, like, exercised from the movie. Like, just 
like surgically taken out. Well, that's a lot of the Marvel movies right now. Like, yeah, there's just no soul. There's no heart. This one felt like especially egregious to me. Yeah, um, because it felt like you know Chris Hemsworth is a as we saw in Thor three, which I really liked. He's Great a movie. good actor, and he can do his range. But he was just not given that range. He was just this stoic, like you know, like guy that just didn't have any. There was no humor to it. Really, there was few like haha, Marvel movie scenes to it. But there was just the the the, the villain had zero interesting motivation there was no um like connection to the protagonist at all like they just had very limited there was no history to it there was no um it was like it was just like a generic bad guy um and like all of his minions were all just generic bad guys and i think that the most compelling part of that story was uh loki like like the brother dynamic i think that they kind of tapped into that decently well in that movie yeah but like in general like you know the love story between him and natalie portman was like forgettable so forgettable uh you forget that even i forget i love natalie portman but yeah. even i forget that she's in the mcu she's like, coming what? back for in the next that's uh, good good for her yeah but like i even i forget hopefully like, they fix her and like hopefully they rewrite everything but yeah it, it just was not um it, it was just yeah it was really bad and it was like yeah I, I i just really did not like that movie um the only thing i remember about thor 2 it's surprising to me that Thor 2 is universally hated because when I saw it, I, I don't remember anything about it. Like, I guess that's part of the problem. Yeah, like, I don't exactly remember, but I also don't, yeah. I also don't remember it being painfully horrible. I, I like, was only, like sleeping in that movie. The only thing I remember was like the space fight with like the spaceships and the, the lasers. That's the only thing I remember yeah. about Thor 2. Yeah. And I, I remember, I actually remember thinking, that's kind of neat. Like, we don't really have that a lot in the Marvel movies. So in, his, so in that uh, like action sequence, uh, his mom dies, like defending yeah. him, basically. That's right. That's uh, right. Or defending his girlfriend. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she dies, and it's like that. The Marvel movies very clear, very rarely kill off main characters, important right. main characters. Yep. Um, you know, and and just juxtaposing how they killed off his dad versus how they killed off his mom was just totally like different. And and you saw in game, right? The yeah. And, and they kind of like healed this a little bit with like Thor going back in time and, and seeing her and like uh, that was really that. touching. I it, thought that it was only, super touching. It only it only makes you wish that like the original scene where this is based this emotional moment is based out of was a little better in this time. Yeah. And I you wish, wish I cared. you cared. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um and this is your number one, right? That's correct. All right. And go. I'm just gonna say it. My number one is the last Jedi. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say. I was like, this is just one of those things that you just have to say. My number one is the Last Jedi, and this is a disappointment pick. This oh. is more of a disappointment pick. I don't think this is like a horrible, like the room level movie or yeah. anything like that. Like, obviously yeah. not. It's it, it's well, pre- it's nice to look at. It you know, it's entertaining enough. <laughs> um, there are plenty of good scenes in it. Actually, a lot of good scenes in it. I don't have the same complaints about it that a lot of people do. Although mm-hmm. I, I, although I, I also do have a lot of the same yeah, complaints. It's probably because you hate women, right? Uh, something like that. No, no. So that that's the thing that I have like a major disagreement with those people. Uh-huh. People hated Rose. I really liked Rose. Yeah. Like the entire way of the movie until the last thing she does in the movie, which is to stop Finn from doing the kamikaze maneuver to oh. save everybody in the rebel base. They had no way of knowing that they were going to actually be saved by Luke or whatever. Mm. So he is doing something to risk his own life yeah. to Heroic. save to save hundreds of people. And she she stops him in a way that like again didn't feel true to her character. Like we had been introduced to this character, like, I didn't really understand. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then it just showed like an appalling lack of foresight on her mm. character's part, which again, she wasn't really known for that in the movie. Again, in the movie, like, I really liked her in the movie. Uh, like as a character, as like a foil, as a love interest, I really, really liked her. Mm. And it's actually kind of depressing how like off to the side she is in the, in, in in the, the last yeah. uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That's pretty 
annoying. That seems yeah, like JJ saying uh, yeah. actually Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson bad actually. Yeah. That's what that's what it seems like. There's so many decisions with in that. Like, I mean, we could have like a whole Star Wars episode, but like just as an experience, there there is like a cohort of like Last Jedi haters that are Rise of Skywalker enjoyers. I, I am not in that camp. I think Rise mm. of Skywalker is also pretty mediocre. Yeah. The only movie that I like. The, <laughs> The only movie that I like is The Force Awakens, and, yeah, and like even then, like I'm not, like, not I'm not a Crazy Force Awakens fan. Like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a prequels guy all the way. I would, I would, but, yeah, me too. I, I would rank yeah. it like seven, obviously, and then um, nine, seven, eight, eight, eight. Eight. Yeah, I'll do seven I, I would do it in order. I thought it got worse. Oh, okay. I thought it was better in my, okay. in my opinion. That's, that's not a, like an unfair opinion. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it's a race to the bottom for sure. Yeah, but but there is definitely again the cohort of Last Jedi haters that are Skywalker enjoyers. I, I am not in that cohort. I think they're both pretty bad. Yeah, but I think the Last Jedi is just a little bit worse. And particularly again, that last scene left me leaving the theater. Otherwise, I had been kind of ambivalent on the movie. I didn't like what they did with Luke. I didn't like what they did. With Yoda and like the whole thing oh, yeah. about like destroy the past, I hated that. Yeah. But otherwise, I had been ambivalent about the movie until Rose like stops Finn from killing himself, mm. you know, to try to save everybody else. Again, like we know now that like Luke shows up and kind of saves everybody, Sacrifices but we himself, don't know. Yeah. Like nobody knew that was gonna happen. Like she didn't know, Finn didn't know. So to stop him without any other backup plan was really selfish. Yeah. And the reasoning was like, oh, love will save us all. Like that was just uh-huh. dumb. That was such a lack. It felt like a, a big lack of forethought with the entire trilogy. Oh, but, the, that's like the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. there was no thought at all. Say what you want about George Lucas. Like he planned the, the prequels, prequels like, yeah. by hand. Yeah, like, he knew like what like the beats and like he knew how it was going to go down. You know. Yeah. So th- that's my yeah. Last Jedi. I know that's a controversial and people like like fifty percent people agree with me, fifty percent disagree with me. Mm-hmm. But I have to say like it was just, like, like that was the first time where I was like actually Anytime. I think. Okay, last uh, one. This one is such a forgettable movie. This is kind of in the the just go with it vein of like, and and this one's one's bad. Like this one, maybe it was just the the time period I was watching it. I didn't even check the Rotten Tomatoes scores on these, but Uh um, which would be interesting. But this one was just bad uh, to me, was Red 2. Red 2? Yeah. I don't even know what this is. Dude, you don't don't even know what this is. I don't even know what this is. Red 1 and 2, I think it's based on a graphic novel. Um, and red stands for retired, extremely dangerous. And it's just uh, a bunch of, it's like an, an action movie, but with just a bunch of old people. It's like Bruce Willis. Bru- oh, Helen like, Marin, John Malkovich. What is, uh, I think Morgan Freeman's in it too. Something like that. Oh, what? Yeah. It's like this, like Anthony Hopkins. I know. It's like all about like these like old people. They're like super secret spies. Oh, and like, I have definitely seen this Blu-ray in like the bargain yeah. bin at Walmart. I've definitely seen this. This before. is the only movie okay. I've ever walked out of. So I guess I can't. No way. Say I walked out of it. Oh, I, I want to like, know. I want to know. I'm so bored. Like, so, tell me, like, what was the final straw? So I don't even remember what the final straw was, but the context was uh, we were like, so I was, this is 2013. A lot of these are yeah. 2012, 2013 for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is interesting. I, just, I think I was watching a lot more movies then and like obviously some stinkers like snuck in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was going to, um, I was going with like a, two of my friends and we were going to, uh, meet up with like some, some young woman. Oh, there. nice. Uh, that was our, <laughs> but, but they didn't show up. Like, F. so it's just like three dudes go, oh, like, go watch Red 2 by and, themselves. And we just chose the movie just to have a movie. Yeah. Like to like, oh, yeah, we're like going to watch Red 2, like whatever. Like, I think maybe, maybe I don't know if like this for sure, but like maybe like we were like thinking like, okay, the movie's going to be so bad that we can just be like, want to get out of here. And like, yeah. as, not as like a, like as like a, 
we actually just, like the movie was probably gonna be fine but we were just like oh okay, like it's bad enough that we could right. say that but it, it turned yeah. it's funny because it turned out being so bad we actually did just leave and like like we played like I think pool and like the theater no like, arcade way. area, yeah. Um, it was just so bad that we like couldn't like you just couldn't like it was just not interesting and it's so boring. Like I didn't care about any of the characters. They were all old, <laughs> you know. Yeah, just yeah. But like I mean, it just wasn't a very well done story, and it was like a sequel to the movie. I hadn't seen the first one because I never like I can't stress this enough that like this was entirely just like we were just trying to like talk to girls like we were like yeah. thir- 14 and we could finally go to places like without like our parents or whatever and we were just like let's just do this and, i like, love that your number one is like a story of your adolescence like, yeah that's so great though like that's what a lot of like like movies have that because movies is, is where you take people friends it's like, like dates whatever family like everything movies are such a like at the cinema it's such a visceral like social experience it's not, i know it's never just the movie it's always a little something else i remember going to the movies with friends uh for the first time like not with parent parental supervision i remember it being like such like a i don't know it was just like such like it's a crazy deal yeah, yeah like because you could just like get up and walk out, get popcorn, go to the bathroom like, without having to ask or letting them know. Live your like, life. Like, yeah. Live your life. Yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah. And you chose Red too. I was... chose Red too. That wasn't the first one no, for I, sure. No, no, but no. that was like, I think it was like one of the first times where I had like plans to like, like just like, oh, hang out with girls outside school. Like, yeah. And yeah, it was an abomination. <laughs> like yeah. a, a total, utter abomination. It's funny because like it was a moment of like, this is what the rest of our high, like I think it was like I was about Time. to go to high school. But yeah, it was just like, yeah. it was just embarrassing. I hated it. So much hate of that. Um, there's Red, Taylor's version. And then, and then Red there's, 2. Then there's Red 2. It's actually, Red 2 is actually the sequel to the album Red. <laughs> 